When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Network, geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by a comic shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. For those of you joining us for the first time, Bad Storytellers is a podcast about a small group of amateur writers who submit and critique each other's work as well as discuss the written media we consume. It's like a book club but with a wider focus. Our group submissions are shared on our website, badstorytellers.com, and you can download them there if you'd like to read along with us. Additionally, we also accept your submissions for critique. If you would like some feedback with the same candor that we give each other, send in your submission to badstorytellers at gmail.com. Entries must be 10 pages or less. Additionally, at the end of each show, we roll the dice, pick three genres, and come up with a movie idea. Once we decide upon a name, we record the trailer for your listening pleasure. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bad Storytellers podcast, where we turn bad writers into good ones. Starting with our local writing group here, I'm Josh LaForge, your host, and with me is Douglas Banks, Liam Malone, and Max Wessel. Before we turn on the mics, we read each other's writing. Once the mics are on, we talk it out. Hopefully, if I can figure out the format for our website, I'll be able to post our stuff so you all can see it and discuss it along with us. So uh, say hi, everybody. Hello, hey, everybody. How's it going? <laughs> all right. And uh, we're going to go through and talk about each person's uh, writing piece that they submitted. Um, both Liam and uh, and Max submitted full um, uh, short stories that, that that are getting critiqued. That now sounds grandiose from mine compared to, to Max's. Max is much longer. Um, so I think we should start with... I think we should start with Liam. Should we start with... I, I thought we would start with Doug with the shortest one. Okay, yeah, let's start. Well, yeah. well Doug, yeah. Doug's is a, Doug's an outline. Is an outline, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, uh, that, so, so why don't we start... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with you and then we'll go to Max um, because your guys' really? stories Max are complete. So we, one. Well, well, we're not going to read right. the whole thing. We're I know, just but it's, talk it's, about Your stuff is actually like <laughs> more complete though. Yes. Like, yeah, so. exactly. So it'll require the least amount of explanation. So, so Liam, uh, what is uh, what is it you brought to us? Oh, well, all right. So the idea is, people kind of bring up the concept of anxiety a lot now. It seems to be an incredible trope in everything. Um, and I was like, all right. So how do people deal with anxiety? Drugs or, or meditation? And then uh, uh, there's this Buddhist teaching where like it's it's like the meditation of the white flame, and you imagine yourself dying, and it's supposed to be a way of calming you and, and making you okay with your the futility of your life. So it's, it's a story about a guy who's really nervous, and he's going to the bank. And to make it through his day going to the bank, he has to imagine himself dying several times in an increasingly gruesome way just to make it back to his apartment. And that's the whole story. And he meets a girl, and the girl's charming because it's a, uh, it's a fucking short story. <laughs> so uh, what I noticed what about it, too, is that because the girl's so charming, he seems more anxious. Oh, yeah, no, and completely freaks out and cannot deal with it, yeah. Yeah, really? so he has to die, like, a hundred yeah, times. Yeah, the murder gets more extreme. Yeah, exactly. and he, imagine, he imagines yeah. her as a murderer because that's how he has to deal with her, is mm-hmm. because she's, da- she's dangerous to him. So in the actual... Buddhist practice, is it supposed to be that you imagine yourself dying in a gruesome way, or is that oh, just no. how he oh, interprets it, that? 
first you die surrounded by loved ones in your sleep, and then you start committing suicide, and then you're murdered, and then you're murdered in the worst possible way you can imagine, and it, it goes into the point where you, you lose an ability to imagine a worse way of dying. It's from the least worst way to die to the most worst way, and as soon as you're done with that, you're supposed to. Then you have and then you go, oh, this ain't so bad. Yeah, is the idea. Okay. A, yeah, center place in perspective. The, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so um, one of the things I want to ask: you said you want to do a few more passes of this story. Maybe, yeah, maybe at least mm-hmm. one more pass. Um, um, there, there, it need, again, it needs a better. End. Like I like the ending; it needs to lead up to the ending better. I, I know that already, and some of the prose is messy. I think the deaths are funny. They could be funnier. Mm-hmm. Now, is there a way, do you think, to uh, make the deaths more appropriate to something he's seeing? I, that, because because if, if, uh, based on what, you, on what you've described, uh, the lady in front of him stabs him mm-hmm. in the back. That's appropriate. Yes. And then he talks to someone else and they, who's also in line with him, but they run him over with a truck. Yes. Would it be, I think, uh, better context to, to have that person maybe have something like a necklace or, or something that could trigger? Something particular. Where yeah, like he knows the necklace. Just detail-oriented stuff. That would work, mm-hmm. actually. You know, yeah, I think great. that's a good idea. I think the tropey way would be make him be a mortician or work in the morgue. <clears throat> well, the whole thing is I, the idea of working this into a larger story would he would be, he would be a, a, like a detective novel writer who has to come up with ways that people have died oh. all the time. And so he's a writer, and, and he works at home, and he doesn't have to deal with anyone ever. Mm-hmm. And then when he goes out in the world, the only thing he can do is revert back to the thing he thinks about all the time. And then the idea is the whole story would he would be and then involved in a murder mystery. Mm-hmm. Like, but that's yeah. if I ever did that, that would be the idea. And that came that idea came out after I was just like, that was the, the, the rudimentary idea was, you calm yourself by thinking about your own death. Do you want this to be uh, comedic? <clears throat> oh, it should be funny. It's, okay. Yeah. Again, the, okay. uh, reading this, I was reading Douglas Adams, and again, mm-hmm. it's it's the very mundane put against the fucking morbid or 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 the the most ex- yeah. existential thing possible, mm-hmm. and then you combine them into something that's supposed to uh, the juxtaposition is supposed to be kind of funny. I think like, there's a, I think there's a lot of room for jokes in here. Yeah, his for, life for, is very boring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He imagines it more interesting in the worst thing, way possible. Yeah. Where he doesn't think about money, he thinks about Death. murdering himself. Yes. What, okay. what do you What do you think is a good um a good place here to to put in a a, a joke? Because there's especially when he um I think what you you did a good oh, the, job. The, what, the the conversation could be better. I mean my mm-hmm. my dial I always need to work on dialogue. I actually really liked your dialogue. Really? There. Yeah. I, th- I thought it was I thought it was a little a little ham fisted, a little clunky. What do you think, Max? Um, I know that it comes from real life. Apparently. We oh yeah. This the, by the way. But I feel like the right. phone story. I think we do we do need to talk about yeah. the phone story. So uh, I was with Josh LaForge at a party at a friend's house That's once. And, yeah, Josh mm-hmm. is, over, is mm-hmm. over there. He's, he's part of the member. And uh, he was like, oh, I got this new phone. Check out all this stuff I can do. And the girl's like, oh, you should totally let me see it. And then she entered in her number and gave it back to him. She's like, there's my number. You can call me when you want. And, and and this is a this was a a, oh. a a red letter day for me. Oh yeah, no, because, it was amazing because this woman was so hot. Oh, so smoking and funny and just interesting to talk to. Um, it was the smoothest smoothest pickup from from a girl to a guy I've ever seen in my entire life. I've never seen a guy do anything. Oh, like oh no, it would um, be creepy the other way. Oh, you think a little. so? No, yeah. If, if the guy's like, hey, can I see your phone? And then it's like, you know what? Here's my number anyway. No, that's, that's actually pretty smooth. I think actually, that's pretty well, smooth. the only thing is, I think that works because here's my number. I don't have your number. Ball is in your court. 
I think that removes a little bit of the creepiness. I agree. I think, I think uh, that's, that's, that's a little better than, can I get a hollow? Just like over and, yeah. you know, but like, it's it's forcibly, very, but it's very subtle. You're not, you're like, not forcibly doing anything. You ask for permission to see the phone. You're like, oh, that is cool. Um, but hey, here's my number anyway. Like, yeah. not, you know, you, you just, just kind of stepping away. Anyway, it was cool. She was smoking hot. Uh, yeah. Called her two days later. Totally stole that. She never answered, never returned my call. Never, uh, yeah. never, never picked up. So, but, uh, I, but I totally stole that moment because I saw it in real life and I was like, that needs to be a thing. <laughs> uh, you called the next day? No, I called three days later. Three days, okay, three, okay. Yeah, I didn't wait six days Smooth. like in Swingers. Yeah, about to say. Yeah. Oh, was it five go. or six? No, I think six, for, for, it's like five was kind of mm. money, but six is what, was what yeah. they were doing. So. No, I, so I think three is kind of money. Three it's is kind of money. But how long do you wait? Six days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway. Uh, Usually well, like a half hour kind of. <laughs> what don't, what don't, um, you, what don't you like about uh, this story? Me, I'm just, I'm, uh, I'm, I want good lines. I want good, memorable lines. You read that line, you're like, that's something that sticks with me. Not necessarily quotable, but something where like you read a line and you're like, that is an idea on its own. And then there's a mm-hmm. paragraph either in the middle of it or behind it. I, but I want it, I want a perfect line in a paragraph. I want one perfect line in a paragraph, every paragraph. Interesting. That's my goal. Um, Cause you can have a lot of schlock around it or a lot of exposition around it. But then when you have this central idea presented so clearly in a single line, I that's my favorite thing. Um, Vonnegut does it all of the time, um, and that's, that's why I love him. Where he's like, we're probably going to talk a bit about Vonnegut yes. once we talk about Max's story. Yes, <laughs> uh, yeah, we, yeah, again, uh, same thing. But uh, and Douglas Adams does the same thing. Where like, it's true. Sometimes their whole chapter is built around a joke, a two line joke, and mm. the whole chapter is just about that two line joke, and it's perfect. The joke is perfect, and the, what's around it doesn't. It can be okay because it's just getting you to the joke. I don't know that much about Vonnegut, so it'll be interesting. Really, Dude, if, I if, know. If, based on what you wrote, you would love <laughs> Kurt Vonnegut. Okay, Kurt Vonnegut might secretly be your favorite. He's author. one of the. He's one of the most. Oh um, man, I hate subtly, Bukowski. Yeah, it's nothing like Bukowski. Oh man. Okay, so I do want to do a pause and talk about uh, a, a media thing. Uh, there's a, a. They just released like a, a memoir mm-hmm. of Vonnegut. And inside is the letter he wrote to his family after getting out of a POW count. Yeah. Camp. And it's amazing because it's perfectly Vonnegut. Oh, wow. He's like, all these things happened, but I survived. And it says, but I survived at the end of like six paragraphs in a row. He's like, and Dresden was bombed. And I th- I'm pretty sure one third of everyone who lived there died. It, more than that. But I, mean. I survived. He's mm-hmm. like, and, the ba- and this battle happened and this many people died. But I survived. And he like... It's in a letter to his fucking parents, and that style and that voice is still there, and you're like, fuck. And I know that he wanted to. He was to... 22 in the fucking. Oh, fuck him. He's so good. <laughs> he is extremely good. The I remember he uh, he survived Dresden, and then he wanted to make Slaughterhouse Five, mm-hmm. which directly mm-hmm. involves it, and the government would not let him because yeah. because the bombing of Dresden, where maybe 500,000 people were killed, more yeah. than more than. Uh, Hiroshima, Hiroshima and Nagasaki combined they didn't want anybody knowing about incidentally I have a funny story about that <laughs> oh, <you're> really, <laughs> okay yes. like when I was there yes. no um, I was in a car accident and I had to go to a chiropractor because of my neck and mm-hmm. I had a masseuse there who was this giant lady and she was from Dresden and the only thing we had to talk about was the bombing of Dresden <laughs> <laughs> And I stopped going to get massages <laughs> because, A, it's creepy to have someone hands all over you that you're not wanting to. And I 
don't have all that much to say about Dresden <laughs> other than the firebombing. And that's where they used to make all Christmas ornaments, and now they that's don't. not a thing. Yeah, no. Yeah. That industry uh, dried up. <laughs> uh, burned up. Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. it went up, went up in a, in a, in a bang. So, all right, Max, let's, yeah. let's move to you, man. Okay. Why, don't you, why don't you tell us about the uh, short story you wrote for us? Uh, my short story is a stream of consciousness. I just sat down and wrote it. It is more about the what it, event would it take to change your entire life, more from a religious perspective of finally realizing an outside opinion. Mm-hmm. If you were raised in one perspective and you only had that crowd around you, what one thing could it take to move you outside? Did you did you grow up religious? Sort of. My parents were hippies, and they had spurts of religiosity or whatever you would call it, like... Religiosity? Religiosity. Right Religiousness? <laughs> Zealotry. I think we're the like, word you're looking for is guilt. <laughs> Not really. Like, I grew up, like... When we went to the park, we had to hug trees and say bye to the trees and stuff. Literally? Really? Yeah, literally. Oh, my goodness. Which that is, seems so antithetical to what I know to you as a person. Probably why I worship trees now. But, um, <laughs> um, 420 all day. No, not the <laughs> actual trees. <laughs> Broccoli. <laughs> you, we've already spoken about that. But, um, so there would always be bouts of, like, and then I really broke it when I was about maybe 13 or 14. I would bring a book to church every Sunday, and I would sit in the lobby. And eventually my parents got so embarrassed by that that they stopped making me go, and then they stopped going pretty soon. But I guess they're still with it. My dad still tries to argue with me. And I just don't feel it. But then what, my sister is Catholic. What kind of church? What kind of church were, did you well, go to? It was always non-denomination. Okay, just, so like, to, a, like East Coast Unitarian. Almost? I helped. We helped tear down the wall of East Coast when it used to be an old movie theater. East Coast Christian Center is this massive church near us now that has slowly built up and taken over other areas. But so your your short story is very yes. is very stylized. Um, Re- repetition is used. Oh. Oh no! Repet- I, I, I thought it was used very well. Yeah, I'm just saying, rep- like a lot of people yeah. use repetition. Um, Hemingway uses it masterfully, and I think um, Sun Also Rises or Fiesta, mm-hmm. um, pretty to think so. And and you have the same thing where like, uh, you know, today's my day. I think is the, is the phrase. And yes. It's repeated, and that's the narrative thread that keeps going through. And you're like, there's built-in irony, mm-hmm. um, completely around it. Yeah. No, that is used. Expertly, and, uh, like, yeah, that's used really well, and a lot of sarcasm <laughs> that's very oh, yeah, striking. No, the, the whole thing is, it sounds sarcastic even from his point of view. Like, I know immediately where you are as an author based on just how genuine it sounds and how like, and you're like, mm-hmm. and Steve like is like, and Steve yeah. is an asshole. I knew Steve was an asshole five like five yeah. sentences into this and I knew the author thought that Steve was an asshole. But the journey of the main character yeah. is finding is, out is that fu- Steve and, and it's and it's funny and in the whole Or thing even is, allowing himself to believe that yeah. Steve is an asshole. The uh one of the things one of the lines that I thought was best is when he's talking about he goes to church and he's talking to God and he's wondering what God thinks about things, but he knows he's busy because he's he's busy protecting the president. Yeah, and and all these and all these it, things. It seems very Reagan esque mm. to me, like very morning in America. Exactly. Now, what don't you like about this story? Um, I don't really know. It's really my writing style is for short stories. Is just put it down on paper. I have an idea. I regurgitate it out, and then I walk away. 
It seems so like, that's why I'm interested in hearing what you guys have to say. How many drafts did you do of this? Just this. Just this. It's it's good, man. It's, it. yeah. it's 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 that very works. it's very good. Yeah. Um, and we'll um for those of you who don't know, we're gonna put all this up on the website. Yeah. So that yeah, you and you can, can read along at mm-hmm. any point. Exactly. Now, um, the basic story, as I understand it, is there's a guy. He loves Jesus. He loves uh he loves his work selling office supplies, mm-hmm. and uh, he feels awkward talking to the girl at the uh the at the cafeteria. Counter, yeah. Yes. Um. And, and one today, day, oh yeah, today, today is his day. Today's his day. He's going to uh, propose to his girlfriend, and he goes to her house, and she is fucking another dude, essentially. Yes. So, this turns his world upside down, and he gets a new perspective on life, um, and decides that oh, you know what? He's going to ask that lady at the lunch counter out, and his coworker is an asshole, and he works at a call center, and people who are mean on him can go fuck themselves. Yeah. So uh, and and it's good because of the of the style in which it's written. There's not a lot to the plot. It's a very simple plot. It's been done a few times. Yes. Like office space. Um, yes. You know those kind of things. But it's the style that it's written that that really sells it. Um, oh, and, and and more importantly, you can the moment that there is a change in the main character, the prose change. Exactly. And they change like that. And in fact, maybe that's my problem. Oh, tell I, us. I, I, I I want to slow. I want a slower second act. You have you have the first act. Which is building him up as as a zealotous Jesus man who mm-hmm. believes this thing, and then you have the third act where he's become self possessed and he's realizing that. The second act is really, really, really short in comparison to the other two, and I think it needs to be fleshed out. Whereas, like, um, I'm not even sure I believe in God. That shouldn't be in the first part of the second act. That needs to be something that is come upon on, mm-hmm. and we're like. And it shouldn't even be in there until after he talks to the priest, where like he gets done talking to the priest, like he's like, I'm not sure this is real anymore. Like I notice he's watching the clock, like my coworkers watch the clock. And you're like, I'm gonna go here for answers. God is real. God is gonna help me. But it, he he says, I'm not sure as God God is real before he goes to church. That to me is a problem. In okay. the way in the way the story works. Yeah. Also, I, I would say that um, I, while you were saying that, I was thinking I want more time in the bar. One more yes. time the buyer because it's in perspective, but the, but the more you talk, the more I think that I want more time with the priest. Yes, um, where he's where, more than anything, like maybe something he learns in the bar could spend more time uh, uh, reflecting, or maybe even engaging the priest or, or, in, in or, real or just, conversation. But the whole where, thing is, um, in the bar, you bring up the idea that Noah has wisdom, okay, and this wisdom seems to ring true. I need more. more time I, I, with I Noah? need, and more importantly, I need more of a parallel between his time with the priest and the time with Noah. Where he mentions things that he doesn't get from the priest, he gets it from Noah and whiskey. And Noah is a guy in the bar. Yeah, for yes. those listening, it's, it's not it's not the man. It's who not yet. Spent a, you know, um, but yeah, years just at sea. Make them white and black differences. Things he doesn't get from the priest, he gets from Noah. Okay. Um, the 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 more you make them yin and yang, I think the the stronger the story is. I can see that definitely. And um, I guess. Uh, Doug, we'll go. We'll go next with Doug. I'll go last. Yes. Right. Um, yeah. What What did you bring to us today? Uh, I brought uh, the 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 briefest and barest outline I have ever shown to anyone. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. All right. I have a, I have a big thing that I want to happen in the story immediately. Okay. Well, you, you well, don't, let him let him let him. Yeah. You don't even know half of it <laughs> because it's not even on the thing. Basically, uh, I'm. This, this is an idea I had for a feature. Uh, back in, I guess, 2006, 2007, um, 
uh, part of a writing exercise I remember even going back to elementary school was think about a story from a bad guy's perspective. And I was like, all right, I need an idea for a film. I wonder if I can try and do that. What's something I think that could be kind of cool? What's in, mm. what's, what's sort of not owned by anybody? What's in the public domain? And I always really liked uh, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. And every film that I saw never captured it exactly with the exception of uh, the, the Walt Disney short. That's the only that's actually the most accurate one. Uh, but I, I never felt that it properly captured it. So I'm like, all right, well, let me do that because it's in public domain. Let me tell it from the the point of view of Brom Bones because even in every version, even in the Tim Burton version, he's Super a dick. dick. Yeah, yeah, and like I get it. Every, yeah. yeah, and like Ichabod is the, is the hero, the plucky guy, but t- even Tim Burton turned him into Johnny Depp. But for me, I wanted to take it in a direction where it's like, okay, I want to take into this direction where, from his point of view, he's the young guy in town. Mm-hmm. Everybody likes him, mm-hmm. and uh, he's got his eye on the cute girl who's around his age, who's really rich. He's probably a poor farm boy, and then into town comes this like fifty-year-old ugly dude who proceeds to actually get away with it, like actually in, like interferes with his love life. And he set up this house of cards that yeah, it's just, yeah, out. and it's just like, and it's like this dude is a wimp, and he's like, you know, it, it's it's everything Brown Bones would be against as, as a young man, and uh, he's like, it, it's very clear in the original story that there is no headless horseman. He just puts on a disguise and, and scares him, uh, and then he goes away. And my, th- I thought, okay, that's great, but you can't really make a feature film out of that because that's pretty short. That's what Walt Disney only did over 20 minutes. So I thought, well, what the heck would happen next? What would be interesting to have happen next? Um, so basically, uh, trying to encapsulate this because it's not really made clear on the outline, but um, he starts, uh, after the, this, the first act of the film would be the original story, completely accurate, like totally mm-hmm. down the line. The second act would then be the next day, everyone notices Ichabod is missing, and they're like, oh, the horseman must have gotten him, and Brahm is like, you know, because he knows that it was actually him, and then everyone actually starts to worry, because he's like the schoolmaster, and now what's going to happen with the kids, what's going to happen with the rest of the community, and everyone's like, we have to prepare for the ghost of the horseman, he's going to be mad, and, the, and Brahm is like, everyone's got to chill the fuck out, because it was just me, there is, like, he doesn't believe in any of the supernatural, and everyone in the town believes in supernatural things, just because of where it is in the time period that it takes place in. Anyway, uh, long story short, um, he has, they, they convince him to lead up a troop of of the Sleepy Hollow Boys, which are his his friends and stuff, they're going to go out in the woods every day and just look for signs of him because they're trackers, they're hunters, they you know, and they can't find him. And then after like a week goes by, suddenly people in the village start dying and they start getting their heads cut off. And Brom is like, "What the fuck is going on? Like, you know, this is this is nuts. Why? How is this happening?" Eventually, it gets revealed that. Uh, you, you start red herrings left and right on who might be doing it. Is Ichabod alive? Is he out in the woods hiding? Is he doing this? How could he do it? It's eventually revealed that uh, the horseman actually does exist. It's I want it to be like a big surprise that the supernatural actually does exist. Everybody believes it except for Brom, and it's a horrifying revelation. And while he's running from, uh, the, he's he's out in the woods searching for Ichabod. When the horseman finally shows up, you see him for the first time. Kills some of his friends, starts chasing him. Now he's running through the woods like Ichabod did. He stumbles across Ichabod in a um, in a cave that he was hiding out in. And uh, the two of them then have to work together to get out of the woods. And once it reaches that point, I want it to be very surreal, very uh, um, uh, uh, like the village. Uh, I didn't see the village. <laughs> okay. Um, Don't. Yeah. 
Okay. You're fine. Um, but a- but after that, uh, I, that's where I don't really know where it's gonna. I have I have several ideas on where it could go and like where it can get really cerebral after that. But uh, the ultimate ending, the ultimate finale, climax. I don't know what it is, but okay. I do want it to tie into the original book. I got two caveats. Okay. One, Brom seems too smart, a lot. Yeah. He seems too premeditated, too well aware. We're like, oh, I'm gonna do this as a goof. That's fine. But there's a lot of things where like he's there's there's too much machination behind him, and two, Ichabod is the killer is just way better. Yeah, it has. Oh, to be. it feels so much better, especially yeah. especially from Brahms' point of view. Like, like that's the thing. The but either, like, the reveal the reveal of the intellectual that magic is real works. It's poignant. Yeah, from a farmer who would probably actually believe that magic is real. Mm-hmm. Hits so less, but the idea that you broke a man, made him a serial killer, took away his entire life, and he goes insane, and any man is capable of anything, that, to me, that's more of a reveal to Brahm, is like, oh no, you thought you were the big man on campus, or the the most animalistic one, you don't even fucking know. Oh, I like that, or like The Devil in White City, that... Yeah, Maybe he's a traveling serial killer. He's a tra- like yeah, he's been killing. <laughs> That's more. awful. Yeah, it's <laughs> like it's you know, 1790. Yeah, like, yeah, he could even have a moment where like he's going to kill Bram, and he's like, "Do you have any idea how many people I've killed?" Yeah, in he's like, "You can kill 20 people in New York in a day, and no one notices." It's the Clark, or something insane. It's like, like that. an evil Superman Clark, and <clears throat> he puts on dopey schoolmaster, and he can't be the killer. And then the best part about that is you could reveal that Ichabod's been killing people. And then the supernatural, you could put the supernatural in any other way where, like, there could be a spirit of vengeance of the people mm-hmm. that he's killed, or they're, like, but the fact of the matter is, like, if Brahm is your hero, Ichabod has to be a villain. Well, he, he definitely, has to be he, a villain. he's definitely the antagonist for the first half. Like, I'm not the first even saying, I know, he's like, got to be the, the bad guy. I th- well, the, well, the goal is so that even once the story ends with the additions that I'm making, even once that's over, it. My goal was that it would still tie into the original story. Yeah. And the way the original book ends is, um, uh, he dis- he's disappeared. No one ever sees him again. Yeah. And him and Katrina Van Tassel got married, yes. and life is hunky dory. And then people say, oh, but there's rumor that some people saw him alive in New York, and he and he actually got married and had kids of his own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so for that to be a rumor, but it didn't happen. Didn't happen. And some people in Sleepy Hollow refuse to believe it because they just they just know that the ghosts, you know, they, they yeah. killed him they, and he got away. So yeah. to have it tie into where that still has a possibility of happening, like, but also Brom Bones to laugh at each time a pumpkin is mentioned, you know, whenever someone's retelling the legend of how Ichabod was, was went missing, for him to still laugh at it, but yet, but yet if... People he knew were murdered by him. I, like, yeah. I, but I like there is a version of that that I think works. Um, but again, the goal was to make it really tie into the book and sort of in a surprising way, where uh, the, the idea that y- you suspect Ichabod of being the murderer the uh, entire yeah. time, and then they're forced to work together to get out of there. Now I'm going to be the, the dissenting voice a little bit. Okay, I, I, I think uh, I think the Ichabod thing is interesting. It doesn't actually interest me as much as the the reveal of two rational human beings. Accepting that something supernatural is going. That's right. the thing, because because the only thing is yeah. why is Bron? <laughs> but that is the exact rational. There's no like no way a yeah. 17th century peasant would be considered rational. Oh, no, 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 Let me let me explain. If you he's, if he's you watched the Crucible, or if you read or watch the Crucible, mm-hmm. I mean, which it, was written in 1950 when right, well, right, but, but it's still about um, a rational guy. Yeah, 
you know, during the witch trials. I think that's I think that's a very sympathetic character. But but also Brom Brom knows that this isn't real because he's lived in this town all his life. He's never seen anything supernatural or crazy. And I would actually have him point this out to like when he's speaking to Katrina later. It's like, oh, he was a he was a nice man. Who would ever want to hurt him? You know, I feel so bad. And he's like, listen, he's fine. She goes, how can you know that he's fine and not know that he was murdered by by a demon? And he's like. Because I was the demon, okay? Like, I faked it. You know, it's like, there's, I, I go out in the woods all the time. I've never seen anything that looks strange. All the old codgers here, they all believe in that stuff. And I literally personified it. Like, I'm, I know what happened to him. I scared him away. And I know he's fine. But, but I, of course, I'm, he is. I'm thinking if you want to yeah. pursue that line, which I think is, is, is also a good story, um, there, there could be, I think it's good to introduce the headless horseman myth as something outside of Brawn. Mm-hmm. So uh, Brom, sorry. Yeah. And what it, what it could be is um, is Brom starts just with regular spook scare tactics, you know, moving things, making ooh sounds, mm-hmm. and then and then other villagers could see it, and then Brom comes in and and, and hears their hears their uh, their their sight and is like, oh, did you hear? I think it's a headless horseman. So and so said they saw it's a headless horseman. Right. That kind of thing. He's like, oh shit, that's a good idea. Because there because there there is specifically in this short story, uh, it before it even gets into the legend of the headless horseman, mm-hmm. before you even meet Ichabod, uh, Washington Irving talks about all the other myths and legends of that uh, mm-hmm. uh, of that small town. Because like there's even a story about um, there's a really spooky tree close to just outside of yeah. town where they hung some traitors during the Revolutionary War, and there's a lot of stuff that ties into the Revolutionary War. And I worked on a lot of backstory on what on what Ichabod's backstory could be and what Brahm's backstory could be so that they could be really opposite each See, other. That w- that's interesting because my, <clears throat> my quibbles with it would be historical. Yeah, um, in fact, exactly. one, of, one of the things I'd, I'd thought about was that if it's in uh, early 1790s and Ichabod is of the age that he is, he was probably a young man during the Revolutionary War. But Brahm, as a farmer, mm-hmm. a poor farmer, would never even be able to talk to Katrina True. Never. True. Well, considering that, but it's—I mean—in the in the book was written. He might be. He might be. He might be. He might be. He might be able to punch above his weight. You know what I well, mean? Well, that's the thing. He—he. He, the, uh, there's so much on this outline that is not. There's so much not on this outline based on like the character backstory and like what his what their attitude is like versus yeah. like how it is Just in the book. Society was so stratified. Well, I mean, but, they, but the but the the Ventassel family are Quakers, so they don't really consider themselves above people as much. I mean, I'm, but they don't even Quaker, have Quakers are extremely. Yeah, yeah, and they, they don't even have, they don't believe in slavery, you know, so it's like there's this okay. uh, whole other aspect to uh, how they meet and what they have in common. And more importantly, it's it's an American tale, and even even in America's past, we get to Americanify it. Mm-hmm. See, that's the thing, like you were talking about, the crucible, you know, that was a modern author going back to put oh, yeah. reason into unreasonable mm-hmm. people. And another thing is... The man who and, does and not he, believe in the supernatural finding out the supernatural is real... Is the plot of, of Ica- Sleepy Hollow? Is Ichabod Tim Bar- doing it? Tim Burton Sleepy Hollow. So I feel like the Ichabod being the crazy serial killer, being broken yeah. is a and more much more interesting you story. Get to, like injecting the supernatural after the double fake out, yeah, is even better. Where it'd be like Ichabod was like, <laughs> I killed these three people, and he's like, What about the like five others? And he was like, What? Mm-hmm. Would be good. Well, I, think, I think there's, I think, I think uh, regardless of whichever way you do it, I think there's a good way. I think we all agree that that, oh, yeah. that finding some way to to reach the supernatural element as as, awesome. a, as a reveal is yeah. a good idea. That, I mean, and, that, yeah, that's one of the I bigger want, hurdles. I want Braun to be less less self aware and more Gaston. I, yeah, like oh, he he's seems... definitely he's definitely 
bully-ish. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, mean I, I think I think I can. I, I even even with a bully, I think I can identify with one who's just kind of the guy who's like these people. They'll believe anything, you know. Like, yeah, that, that, yeah. I, I do kind and of. He, and because he's also so, even in the original story, he's known for playing pranks. You know, yeah, it's exactly. like it's not. This isn't like a surprise. Like, if he were to come out and say, look, there is no Headless Horseman, it was just me who scared away Ichabod, people would believe it. They'd be like, oh, god damn it, you know, like, yeah. like you know, and so and they'd be really mad. Could you um, make him a planter instead of a podunk farmer, then? He, that's the thing, I even put question mark around farmer, because, his, yeah. cause like, like, the other thing I didn't even get into was the relationship. Because for him to have time to be an asshole who plays pranks, right. like he, he would need money. Like, it could be that his dad is, like, a cobbler or, or something. Uh, Isn't like the back, no. that, That's never yeah, explained. Yeah, yeah. Craftsman, I think craftsman works better, one, Craftsmen are generally better ed- educated. Yeah. And if you're a craftsman, you have to be a trader, and you have to have, make records. You have to be able to read. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's a huge deal. Reading was I, not... I think, we're, I think we're putting more emphasis on education than's necessary. I think plenty of smart people are born into into poverty all the time. You know what I mean? And 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 can be and and. I disagree. <laughs> well, it's like the, the point. The, yeah, all, no, no, all, that, I, I all that aside, plenty of smarter people are born into poverty and then really? never fucking get out. Look at Faraday, they, you know. Yeah, oh like, yeah, that's all I'm saying. One I mean, in well, a hundred billion. Brahm, Brahm ain't no Faraday. Yeah, but. his his level of income doesn't matter as long as it's under Katrina, the, the, uh, exactly, as long as it's under exactly. the Van Tassel family, and even. They have more money than Ichabod when he moves yeah. into town. Like Ichabod literally is just like thumbing his yeah. way up the, you know, like mm-hmm. there's, he has, he's got nothing. He lives off of, they even say in the book, he he forgoes payment just for food from like neighboring uh, families. Yeah. And he and he doesn't even have a house. He bunks up with, you know, with like whoever yeah. whoever's willing to, 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 to but put I him just, up for the night. Yeah, I feel like having your reveal being that, Magic is real, is right? Not enough. Yeah. If and, you, but, but magic but, but should you, be real. You, you should do it. And no, you know, no, totally. And also, it's really hard being okay with Braun if Ichabod is the character that he is. Unless there has to be, even mm-hmm. if it's not the murder, there needs to be something sinister that Braun feels. He's like, I don't like this guy, not only because he's taken away my girl, but something doesn't sit right. Something has to not sit. Oh, right. I have stuff for like, him. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like for him to be the antagonist, or otherwise. You're watching a movie about Gaston kill the beast, right? Right. It's, and then there's there's a that whole, sounds okay, yeah. but then after he lives yeah. happily ever after, you're like, fuck that guy. Yeah, yeah. We there don't would be a weird. It'd be there would be right. a weird yeah. sour sandwich. Yeah. Taste the, to um, it. The, the, there's there's other liberties that I take with Ichabod's past, and you know, like the, there's there's a scene I think I don't know if I mentioned it in detail in here, but like when they're at that big the big party where just before the the, the quote unquote horseman mm-hmm. goes after him. There's a sort of tit for tat they'd have where uh, Brahm's trying to make his play and he's uh, really going, you know, toe to toe with Ichabod in the civil, you know, yeah. uh, trading insults back and forth, but trying to be as cool as possible. And he's probably dressed in the best clothes that he has, trying to really put on a good display. But Ichabod is actually a well-educated person and just shuts him down. But Ichab- but um, Brahm knows that he's a coward and he's very superstitious. Um, one of the ideas I had was that once they get lost in the woods, um, that's where it goes really surreal to where uh, when he finds him, he's just like... You know, Ichabod, and Ichabod's like on the verge of losing his mind, and he's just like, you know, I, I'm, I'm here to find you, but we're gonna get you out of here, you know. But there's there's something crazy going on out there, and he's just like, how how long have you been in this cave? And he's like, I don't know, and he starts hinting that, um, he he's he's like, well, that's that's okay, let's just get you out of here. You've been gone for like two weeks, and he's like, the sun hasn't risen, and he's like. Yeah, you've been in a cave, you know, and he's like, no, the sun has not risen. <laughs> and and, and you, you start to get the, the whole idea that even Washington Irving planted was that the woods themselves are evil. Mm-hmm. Like they're haunted. Like it's not 
Earth anymore. Like, yeah. it's a whole other realm well, that, that he's fallen into. Interesting. Yeah, and uh, the idea is that they need to get out of there. And when they're deep inside this uh, cave, mm-hmm. I was even wanting to think... I was, I was even thinking that they could have these hallucinations of that they're getting out or that they're not out, and that you would then... The backstory on... On Ichabod, why why does Brahm hate him so much? Like, what about him is mm-hmm. sin- like thing you're talking about the sinister yeah. thing? I was thinking if he has a tie-in to the Revolutionary War, he was probably young. I was thinking about having a, a scene where um, they're in the cave and uh, Ichabod starts to have this flashback, and like one of my influences is The Shining, so I want to have a scene where Ichabod is suddenly in a flashback, but is acting like he's actually there. He's yeah. not. He's and he, even though he's his older self, and Brahm is seeing it happen. He's seeing him talk to like the wall, almost like a Lady Macbeth moment. Yeah. Yes, and um and and in fact, it is a very guilt-ridden moment where mm-hmm. um the backstory I add for Ichabod is that he was a young man in the Revolutionary War. He did partake in a battle, but uh, it started to go bad, and he, as an act of cowardice, fled. And he's literally been on the on the run ever since. And he like. Uh, that's why he has to hitchhike everywhere. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a part of him where it's like he's very emaciated and he's very twitchy and he's very superstitious. And in order for him to, like, run away from a battle where everybody died, nobody knew that he wasn't among the casualties. Mm-hmm. So he literally started life anew and was like, oh, no, I never fought in the war. And there were some brave people out there. And he goes from town to town sticking out for as long as he can before mentally he just gets paranoid that someone knows and he snaps, which is why he's always eating, but he never gets fat. He's always on the run and he can never be permanent anywhere he goes. And this is something where Brahm has, doesn't like him, but then when he sees this side of him, he then gets a little sympathetic towards him. He's like, oh shit, he I was hard on you. I cannot understand. Yeah, him. and it's like, I was hard on this guy, but he's just he's just a poor fucked up dude and maybe I was too hard on him. And then of course, Ichabod being out there in the woods he starts talking to him, and then then Brom starts seeing like his dad. And I'm, I'm certain at some point his dad is either killed or his dad dies of natural causes. But like, I want the tone of creepiness to be throughout, especially with his dad suffering from dementia, where you're like, is he really demented or is he seeing something? Like, the whole town. I mean, even again, I'm going back to Washington Irving. He's like, the whole town had a sense of like a spell was always over it, which is why it was called Sleepy Hollow. Everyone's kind mm-hmm. of seemed kind of not really conscious. Everyone was kind of not really fully awake. So for Brom to be a young guy who's completely, you know, given the finger to his old man, who's probably a very religious guy, who probably believes in all of that yes. stuff. And he's and he's also demented. He's like, my dad's fucking losing his mind. He's seeing yeah. shit that's not there. So he's very much, you know, rebelling against that. So it's easy for him to sort of fall into the, well, you know, bad boy imagery. Well, then the whole thing is you can always do something really interesting with Brom which is that he spent time away. Where even before he comes back, mm-hmm. he was he was a sailor. He he was something. He did something else. Could be. And uh, was away. He's and, a little and, more worldly. And uh, just a little bit more worldly, but more importantly, he hasn't been, he didn't become an adult in the miasma of the insanity. Right. Yeah. And now he had to come back to take care of his dad. Right. And one, he's bitter about that. Mm-hmm. And then... Two, he's the most well-traveled person that exists in his town outside of Ichabod until until he shows him, yeah. the, uh, Ichabod. That's very true. And then that makes that one that gives a reason to resent him. Yeah. And then two, it also makes why why someone who who would even still be again socially where he is, um, the the rich family hasn't done shit. Like they haven't seen the curvature of the earth, and he's been like, I've seen it. Mm-hmm. He, he could just as, like, e- just as easily he could have been working in New York City and worked in the harbor and been yeah. out on a boat and like come back yeah. or whatever. I'll the, have Navy, to, the Navy is filled with farmers. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to look into how farm. old Brahm is supposed to be because it's pretty vague. He could be anywhere from like seventeen to twenty-two. Cabin that's a, fun, boys, that, that's a funny thing about uh, that's a funny thing about about uh, prose that you can oh, yeah. only do with screenplays. Like you have to pick an age yeah. Yeah. in a screenplay. Mm-hmm. Whereas like you're like, oh, you yeah. know what? He's youngish. Yeah, because yeah. it's, 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 it's fine. Because if, if he's yeah. like 16, 17, he's like, I've seen the world. I'm like, really? You know, it's, like, it's a little mm-hmm. harder to believe. But if he's like 20-ish. 
point. It was like, but I think you touched like, on an interesting point of PTSD in mm-hmm. the colonial area. Because if you went through the Revolutionary War, you would have some. You You've would seen have some, some issues. Yeah. No, so Ichabod some... going crazy like in the woods, maybe not full like Rambo. He's oh he's on the edge though, and like he's not like and again he's a coward. That's the underlying thing about. But like, him. Well, also, but the thing is like I I almost think it would be it would be important to stress he's not a coward. It's not like he fled a battle in yeah. the middle of it. He fled a battle at the end after yeah. everyone was at slaughtered, the, or like yeah. at the bloody end of it. Yeah. But if that played into the him being the killer moment, where he is yeah. an entirely separate person to himself, I think that's a pretty awesome story. The thing well, is, like, if I if we reveal that he's the killer, and it's like, oh wait, but he he is a killer, but he's not the killer. Yeah. Then it's like, well, then what's you know, then what am I watching? <laughs> like, am I like we can go back to the forest because mm-hmm. interesting in the colonial area. If you had a tree, a single tree on your property that wasn't a fruit tree, everyone in town thought you were lazy. You could not have one single tree on your property that was not that didn't have yeah a, unless a it was for timber something yeah, yeah, yeah if it was timber but if it was within like a mile of your house everyone thought you were an asshole so the the forest is evil to the colonial mind if the forest saw him pretending to be the headless horseman and then just mimic that. That would be an amazing, like, will-o'-the-wisp kind yeah. of, mm-hmm. where nature is mimicking, and then all of a sudden he created this, so it is up to him to stop it in his brain. I definitely want it to be a sort of natural, unno- I don't want to say a noble horror, because that makes you think of Lovecraft, but I'm, yeah. I, I don't want to go Lovecraft, but definitely... Uh, uh, Something is at work that you don't ever get to fully Yeah, like, you don't yeah. fully understand the depth of how how evil it is. And even though um, I'll criticize the film 1408 with the rest of them, the one of my favorite lines from that film is where... Uh, Cusack was like, "All right, uh, you know the the manager of the hotel is not letting me into this um to this uh, room to see this ghost." And he goes, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! I didn't say ghost." He goes, "What spirit, specter? I didn't say spirit or specter. It's just an evil fucking room." I I I want to capture the idea that it's not even necessarily. It's like, oh, I it's know not, the reason why this is yes. happening. Like, no, you don't know. It's like it's just a natural evil occurring phenomenon. And, and, like, and this is going to be a, a screenplay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Phenomenon, like you said, if you get a town full of people. Who generation after generation after generation believe something is evil? Right. Does that then create? That's we'll never evil? explain that. In, That's like in Ghostbusters. It in would. Ghostbusters, exactly. it would. <laughs> so that is the exact moment where don't fucking explain it. It's right. evil. Right. And, and more importantly, uh, but the whole thing is rather than I, I think one of the most powerful things is to never not explain something. It's to give several conflicting views right. that all seem plausible is right, way yeah. better than being like, everyone's yeah, like, I don't know, yeah, and that seems whole, lazy. No, there's a whole part, like the second, the middle part where he's on the hunt trying to figure out who's killing these people. Mm-hmm. That's where um, we, or we, but I would start to reveal um, what these other backstories are that Ir- Irving only touches on, yeah. where it's like, he'll have to be like, Okay, so uh, who should I go talk to? It's like, oh, you gotta go talk to Old Lady Smith or whatever. She lives up in the mountains, basically the rednecks of yeah. this town. And it's like, but they don't come down. To, they only come down to town once a year to stock up on food to hold it for the winter. They're weird. No one talks to them. He's like, well, you better go talk to them. They may have seen something. They're up in the woods. They may have heard something. He's like, fuck. So he's got to go up there and talk to them. And they're like blood ritual, like Wiccan, like yes, my child, come mm-hmm. in, you know. And then it's like really fucking creepy of like, all right, well, what the fuck, like. All right, is it, it they're doing? Yeah, is it they, yeah. Are, are they the ones behind this? And it's just like, oh, no one comes up here. And it's like, all right, well, th- thanks for talking, ma'am. You know, and then he's out on his way, and it's like, uh, okay, that's really creepy. And that touches on the witchcraft element. And then you can touch on, like, other, like, harmless ghosts. Where they, you know, like, there, there's a million stories that everyone in that town has because it, that's literally, as Irving describes it, a town full of stories. No one even knows all of them. Now, okay, so, great. now this seems, uh, uh, at this point, it's very open. And it un- is. And, and yeah. uninformed. 
Could you next week bring us a more detailed outline? I can do a more detailed one. It's just uh, the the biggest holes that I have right now are if I go forward with the original plan of uh, the two of them are working together to get out of the woods and it's this supernatural dark woods that isn't, it's not our reality or or, or are they just going insane? I don't know how to get them out of that. <laughs> and uh, right. uh, and I, therefore there's no ending. Um, well, let's, let's think about it from like, since it's a screenplay. Yeah. yeah. Um, generally, the strengths of the character that don't get used in the first act are the things that come to save yes. them in the third. Mm -hmm. So what you need to figure out what Ichabod is good at mm -hmm. and what Brahm is good at that, that generally you could introduce yeah. but not use. Ichabod yeah. is definitely good at knowing the supernatural because uh, he's like, he's a very he's superstitious, superstitious person. Okay. And Brahm is definitely good at natural earth stuff like hunting, tracking, uh, well, that kind of thing. Okay, so I think, so, but I think so, there's a more interesting idea here. Ichabod was a soldier. And more importantly, I think the I like the idea that he was a revolutionary soldier during a not even a, a massacre. Right, he was a part of a massacre. He is a good soldier, who was broken. Mm -hmm. He was he is not a coward because mm -hmm. he fled the battle. He was a brave and noble yeah. soldier until they until got, he failed until they got decimated. Like they just got destroyed, and it just everything inside him. Died. Which which would tie into the one fraction of an ending that I do have because I wanted mm -hmm. to tie into the book. Uh, it would have to the, the only in, the only smidgen of an idea that I have of an ending is they get to a point where they're basically home free, yeah. but they can't outrun him because he's on a horse. And Ichabod is like, you know what? He gets his balls back and, and because of being yeah. faced with that Revolutionary War memory, he's like, I'm gonna run, you go back to town and I'm just going to wave him down and he's going to have to chase me. So he actually successfully waves down the horseman because he's the one that's been eluding him this entire yes. time. The horseman has not gotten him. And he's like, I'm the one you want. Come after me. He runs off into the woods. The horseman just says, fuck it, goes after Ichabod. And Brom, because of that sacrifice, Brom is able to go back. But Ichabod's fate is completely un uncertain because he knowingly dives headfirst into madness. So yeah. you don't know if he's ever going to get out of there or, and, or what. And one of the subplots you should go through is like, Maybe this is Ichabod's. Like maybe he's not even the killer. It's a the, redemption. The idea where like Ichabod completely and utterly, utterly believes this is the soldiers that he abandoned. This is their comeuppance. For, like that's his. It's his, his curse or that's something. His, yeah. I, its commanding he, officer was a he, was yeah. cavalry. He it believes, could be, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, well, he very much. He very much would he take on. It's about him. Yes. Ron no, believes it's about, about, about something else. Yeah. Everyone else gives their own idea, but Ichabod's is like I can that, that is my commanding officer yeah. chasing me forever. And I've always seen Oh, he could totally believe that. Yeah. And then the yeah, other yeah. thing I like would be for Ichabod being the serial killer. What if Brahm's dad was a Revolutionary War officer and, and Ichabod is in town? Him. Very much could because a lot of the old, that's the thing, a lot of the old men, it's even mentioned in the book that uh, when Katrina Van Tassel's father is talking among the old other yeah, old yeah. men, they talk about the war. And when Brahm sees the flashback, he sees his dad like being, because Brahm's dad to him has never been the hero, but he sees... Of course, if it was a massacre, he probably wouldn't have made it. Well, but, if he had you know, a horse. Well, no, the yeah. only thing is, like, a massacre is like, a massacre is 40, per, like, it's not even the majority. Like, if, uh, the, well, decimation is 10%. Yeah, it's 10%. And by yeah. that point, you're not supposed to pursue your, your fleers anymore by the Geneva Convention because you're going to do irreparable emotional damage to them forever. Yeah, I don't think, I think 40% is the most damage any. Army has held well, not has held, but usually will. The, hold. the, the Mongols have. Uh, I was going to say. <laughs> no, 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 no. no Car Carthage, no. Carthage at the Field of Kenny killed them to the last man. They made a no, fort no, no, out no, of no, dead no. horses I'm saying to hold them. Forty percent is usually what an army will oh, stand you, to. You don't even know. You not even that. They'll, they'll, they'll. Yeah, depending on that. the army, because I mean, three hundred Spartans at their mob, yeah. they all died. 
but and hopefully the, the ten thousand Greeks they had behind them. Yeah, but but hopefully by Fuck next week I'm gonna have a way more fleshed out outline. So because like there's little things that I was talking about like character and stuff that you guys were like, oh okay, like you like no no no. I like both movies. I would watch both movies. I like where you're going, and I like the other story. So I definitely want to see what you do. And, but the only, the, I think the only caveat is, please don't be Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, move away from. Mm-hmm. Sleepy oh no, Hollow yeah, yeah. That's the thing. I, the movie's okay for its. That movie is okay for the way it, it, oh, it took I, things, I, but I it's like just not. Movie. It's just not the book, and the book yeah. is kind of what yeah. I'm. I'm trying to and expand. They upon. would not celebrate Halloween. Mm-hmm. No. But I, but I feel like because my outline was so little, I had to explain a lot, so I've yeah. hogged a lot. So uh, let's. Well, let's... This is generally what I'd like to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, for I most like people, because because Liam and Max brought in completed works that we are critiquing. True, true. Um, that could use like a revision or something. But in the future, like when when Liam or Max moves on to a new project, we'll do the same. Yeah. With them. Well, more importantly, like I mean, even on the thing I wrote, like if anyone's like, you could do this, like this is the launching point for some for another mm-hmm. idea. Mm-hmm. Never halt from like giving me more stuff to True. do. Yeah. Well, the thing about the thing about yours um, is is that yours is a character. Yeah. Essentially, it's, 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 it it's, it's about that's a character. All it is. Now mm-hmm. you could use that character in something else, but you need so, you need that yeah. other idea. Um, I guess it's my my turn. Yes. yes. Okay. Um, what I brought in is a is a very fluid kind of outline slash pitch. For a novel uh, I want to write that you told me about three years ago. Yes, exactly. So, what, what, one of the things about the the outline and pitch that I that I wrote is I, I didn't include almost any of the world building that I've done. So it may be confusing, um, but but it's basically the bare bones of the plot, and it's mm-hmm. it's essentially a young boy named Malcolm uh, gets transported to a new world, goes on a crazy adventure that is not at all uh, set up for him. That that kind of emerges as he as he uh, as he does this. He, he gets captured by a group of uh, of, of anthropomorphic animals, mm-hmm. um, not in the furry sense. They 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 have like evolved. They're they're probably mm-hmm. about four to five feet high, um, and they. I was gonna uh, say more like red wall style. Yeah, yeah, except for except for um, they're tall. They're like small humans. They're they're they're, they're red wall meets Narnia. Yes, much okay. closer to Narnia, okay. but, uh, uh, but, yeah. but but there's no magic involved as far as you can tell. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and uh, they get assailed by a group of uh, basically blind monsters from beneath the earth. And they have to find other humans which do exist in this world to help them defeat them. Yes. Um, just starting off, I feel you said your point was that he is not Neo. He is not he's the not chosen one. He's, yeah. he's not the chosen one. The world is not, not built one. for him. But then, throughout the story, he is the chosen one because he's a 13-year-old boy, right? Mm-hmm. And he fights off every karate master, Ren, what was it called? You called it? Uh, their their Hrang? Yeah. yeah. He fights off every Hrang master, even the king. That's a, that's a good point. The main yeah. reason I, I wanted to uh, 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 stress that I didn't get to stress in the outline is that mm. the guy teaching him is the like, okay, but he's he, still, is like, is like Miyagi. I mean, he's still a 13-year-old Yes, thirteen-year-old body can only put out so much. Right, and he puts out more power than the uh, than than any of the other Wilvicks. Okay, the, 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 yeah, their their, their people, um, and that puts him above because his style is better. And th- I, I have reasons for that. Okay, I, yeah, I, no, I, I, I do. I do, I do understand. Yeah. I, yeah, I do go into a lot of that. And mm-hmm. then when it comes to the human village, they've never they've just never seen anything like this at, at this speed. Okay, so he's faster than they are. Like Gunkaida. Uh, kind of. It, yeah, it, I, 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 I'm confident that I have a good explanation. Um, but no, I, I, I do going. believe you. I just, mm-hmm. just reading it from here, you start with he is it, not the best, but then he is. Well, right. In well, a short I, there, time, there, he there's is something the best. I didn't put in there is that at one point, 
he does kind of get full of himself that when he does this and his uh, his his instructor in this Kilvin immediately knocks him down the totem pole and is like he's like he's like well am I you know I it, yeah. it, it, like maybe maybe that's why I'm here maybe that's what this and Kilvin's like no you're not shit like you don't know what you're talking about you're not this and 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 he's he's like are you are you sure and he, and he gets mad and they, they like he tries to argue with him and he's mm-hmm. like pick up the sword do it and they fight and Kilvin pushes his shit in. Like just like it's it's horrible, yeah. and because because that guy is the best. Period. Like a hundred percent the best, and that's that's one of the things I wanted to address. But I, I see what you're saying. I feel like if more time went by, it would be more believable. Mm-hmm. But how long you have him in? A couple want, weeks, right? Well, no, I want him there a couple of years, like in total. Time. Oh, okay. Because it looks like weeks. No, I said that like, he like he's there. He's there months before. Okay, months. Yeah. yeah, before before the creatures attack, and then it's then it's a few days before they go into the the tunnel. I to, to, to the yeah. first time, the first time, and then it's months be- before their counterattack, and and I want it to be like maybe a year and a half, almost. Because they years. have to build a train. Yeah, they do have to build a train. And the idea that he has an interesting idea, like the train one, he's good fighter, sure, but I mean, it's, it's mostly because he's unusual. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and and for instance, the the king of the humans mm-hmm. is is way better than he is as a fighter. No, yeah, I see that. Mm-hmm. I had a, a point that I saw of your story of what if what was the um. The master's name again, Kilvin. Uh, Kilvin. Mm-hmm. Kilvin. Would he not immediately go into the tunnel after? Uh, he he wanted to, but he didn't. He didn't understand that that's where they went. He didn't know all these things. He he, he immediately wants. I, know, to. I was just for a point for your story. What if he immediately goes in the tunnel, and then Malcolm, not being trusted by the uh, fox creatures, has to turn to the people. Humanity is the only. You know, he heard that there is humanity, mm-hmm. and that is something. I feel like Kilvin not going after his kids for like six months is no, kind of out of. They, they get his they get his kids like almost the next day. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. See they, that. they they go they um the uh, Malcolm is like threatening. Or sorry, Kilvin's threatening Malcolm because he thinks that humans have taken yeah, his yeah, children. Yeah. And when Kilvin describes the monsters, Kilvin recognizes that story from one of their myths, which is like, I said, I didn't yeah, go into yeah. the world building. No, no, I get, yeah. Um, but, but, and then he, he rings the bell and he's like, mm-hmm. we need people now. We need to get my kids back. And then they, they assemble people and they go in. Oh, okay. I didn't see that. Cause and, I was going to say, they, and they get, and they get his kids back, but, Abandon- but they, yeah. but they get their, but they get their asses kicked. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Trying to do it. Abandoning his kids for months and months. Isn't, yeah, no, it's, it's unacceptable. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like if he did not have Kilvin, it would be a more fish out of water story for what you're trying yeah. to go for. Mm-hmm. Cause having, even if he's not the best, having the best with him at all times mm-hmm. doesn't really live up to what you're trying to do, I think. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I, I think I do want um, – something I didn't really go into in the outline is mm-hmm. I do want Kilvin to almost appear a little bit like an antagonist. Like he knows that Malcolm's not a spy. Yeah. Like he, So he's on Malcolm's side in that sense, but he doesn't sympathize with him. He's still a human. Right, and and, and and when when it's Kilvin's idea to see, to originally the thought yeah. was, I mean, I'm totally 100 percent for changing this if it, mm-hmm. if if there's something better, but when I think Kilvin's like, we need to get the humans' help, he's just looking at Malcolm as a tool and using him, and when he when he pushes okay, him to, to 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 fight the people, I want it to be very clear to Malcolm that the relationship he thought he had with Kilvin is not there. Kilvin is like, you are just something to me that I can use to get what I want. Yeah, because entrenched generational racism. Yeah, it's not going to go away. No, yeah. not not even a little bit. Like, yeah. Kilvin doesn't trust Malcolm at all. But um, one of the things that I want to uh, address is Malcolm's abandonment issues with his father. Yeah, yeah, and and him attaching to Kilvin 
because he doesn't feel fulfilled. But he, he finds something in there that he sees with Kilvin's relationship with his children. <clears throat> but Kilvin is damaged goods 100% because of what happened, the reason why he's a widower, which I didn't really get into in there. I feel like this would be an interesting story to read, but I feel like I would want to read the sequel more. In, oh, okay. Well, well, I planned this to be four books. A, no. <laughs> and this a, is the first. Suddenly, Success. <laughs> suddenly taking Bruce Lee and putting him into a 13-year-old and putting him out in the world. Mm-hmm. It's generally terrifying to me, and that would be amazing. Yeah. That, that is that is a hundred percent because plan he of the is a book. he has survived a war, two wars yeah. of monstrosity, yeah. and now he's a thirteen year old kid who's just expected to go to school and because th- I'd imagine. And, and here's one of the, the things I didn't get into is that I yeah. think he he turns like fifteen in the in the story. Like what I mean, yeah. he, he can't keep track of days, but he gets older, he grows. Yeah, exactly. But then at the end, he comes yeah, back and he's back. exactly in that moment, exactly that age. Yeah, that, that he that he left. And he wouldn't have the conditioning, but man, he has the experience. The muscle memory would still be there, exactly. and the idea where and like, the attitude. And he's like, "I know how to train. Mm-hmm. I know how to train. Yeah. I know exactly." And how to he built one. Yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, fuck you, Doug. <laughs> yeah, he did build. A Doug, train. you're a monster. But one of the one of the ideas is is that the, the first book would be this his first encounter. <clears throat> That's and my catchphrase. By the second book, I wanted him to be roughly uh, fuck you, Doug. eighteen. Yeah, like, no, Doug, you're a monster. Eighteen ish, and he's obsessed mm-hmm. with. Finding out what happened and how how it happened, and he like he he studies linguistics because he doesn't because the language that he learned has he's finding a hard time finding a parallel, seeing if there's any kind of root for it. Um, he's 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 training, he's trying a bunch of different martial arts, but he becomes effectively in the second book apathetic um, towards everything because he doesn't understand it, and he he's convinced that he never will, and he doesn't feel like there's a real place for him, and then it happens again. I have a similar kind of story idea of, you know, the chosen one who goes through the portal or whatever. He's not yeah. the, not in your story, but this one, and he kills the evil king. And then what is the aftermath of giving these people who had no technology sudden technology when they're so <laughs> generationally split to where, like, killing the evil Saddam Hussein, now everyone that the evil, guy was, <laughs> yeah, ever, the evil guy was holding everyone down and making them peaceful, now you have given them trains. <laughs> and from trains is a skip and a jump to a tank. Right. So. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I feel like you have a very fertile, interesting ground to go through, and I would like to read your story before you go. But the whole thing is like so much time. Like, Kilvin... Even in the story, in this plot, 
he seems to be exactly what he needs for this. Malcolm needs to be hammered hard yeah. into something interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna have to find a good way to um, to, to really make him suffer, one, but not not pass the breaking one, point. Like, well, the whole thing is father father issues totally work up too, but um, and and not even to make him the chosen one, but there needs to be something about the, the way he was brought up or the 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 things he went through before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm completely should tinge the way that he experiences the rest of everything. Mm-hmm. So when, when Kelvin's like, you know, like, you know nothing, there needs to be something that Malcolm knows that Kelvin does not, that completely insulates him from being broken. There's, uh, I, have a, I have a few things that, that um, in the middle of the book where they, where they actually make the trek to yeah. the human uh, colony, uh, where they encounter things that, that bring out a lot of Kilvin's weaknesses, like yeah. his, his his superstitions yeah. and things like that, and Malcolm's like, "Fuck you! What is this?" Like, for uh, at one point they they go to this area that's uh, called the Broken Wall, and um, in the shadows of this giant wall, it's like three hundred feet tall. Um, there are creatures that can change. They they have like a, a active camouflage as part of their skin, and um, what's the word I'm looking for? The under chameleon. They're not a chameleon. The like a a cuddle, like a cuttlefish cephalopod. Okay. Um, so, and they, and, and, but they're land-based and they, and when they come after him, they're predatory. Uh, Kilvin is terrified because he thinks they're ghosts and yeah. in his culture, they are, they're, they're the vengeful dead. And Malcolm is like, wait, no, I've seen things like this before. Like, like, you know, they, and, and he, he's, yeah. yeah if and, it bleeds, we can kill it. <laughs> exactly. If it bleeds, we can kill it. And is kind of surprised by the fact that this grizzled, you know, yeah. guy has been has been brought completely to, to bear by, by something that he thinks is are the ghosts of his ancestors that are angry with him. Okay. And just little things like that yeah. where, where, where Malcolm's like uh, his his place in society, bef- like his upbringing and in, in his society that he grew up in, it, it taught him things to not be scared of. Yeah. I feel like also his greatest superpower is... Or, or the whole thing is, or he yeah. was scared of them because he was not capable now he has been made capable. Exactly. And now he's afraid of nothing. But mm-hmm. his greatest superpower is 13 years of being shit on. Yeah, it's yeah. true. So yeah. being shit on by more people is not going to break him the way it would another kid who had a happy upbringing. Yeah. That's a good... I know, I didn't yeah. think of it that way. That might he, be a lot Because any other kid who or came the, in and, were like, and everyone hates you, you're going to start crying and wake down. But he's like, like, no, he's yeah. just like, no, this is... Okay, more of yeah. the same. Mm-hmm. I've exactly. eaten dirt many years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is... Okay, here we go. I'm not that handsome kid. No, I, I, I'm... I'm I've done a little work on it since then. My previous, mm-hmm. I, I I made it six chapters in, and I wasn't satisfied with it because I had nothing. I didn't feel like Malcolm was interesting enough or relatable enough. Um, but I changed a few things, like like his home life and things like that. But what do you guys think would help that? One, Malcolm needs to be just interesting enough. Your main, if your main character is your most interesting character, you have failed. Okay. That means your secondary characters suck. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Harry Potter is not the best character in Harry Potter. By a long shot. Well, he's also any. the chosen one, and everybody yeah. knows his name. Uh, and I'm saying, like Luke Skywalker, the same thing. Think mm-hmm. of think of any major fantasy anything. Mm-hmm. Pick the main character. Are they the most interesting character? <coughs> Never. Yeah. Frodo. Elric. Frodo. <coughs> I do uh, say Conan. Okay, Conan. Conan's a special case. Conan's a special case because it's, it's also strange, stranger in a strange land. Like, yeah. You don't know Conan. But is he? Because I think I would. There's Actually, a lot more. I'm going to say Conan, like the Gunderman. Conan is yeah. really interesting because he's he's the the embodiment of masculinity. But there's there's a lot of really good secondary. If we're going characters. by a movie or if we're going by, I'm going by book. book. Yeah. Okay, because I really. Um, is, I, in fact, you know what I'm going to say. Conan is not the most interesting character because Conan never surprises you. 
I completely disagree. No, Conan is a Conan. No, because Conan is always exactly a thousand percent badass. Yeah. Well, the thing is, Conan, surpri- Conan surprises, surprises you. He, with- it surprises you when he does something, and you're like, "Whoa." I should have seen that coming. It's yeah, like, yeah. it's that kind the, of thing. Well, the, the author surprises you yeah. because you're yeah. like, oh, of course he'd do that. Man, why didn't I think of that? Because yeah. he's the unstoppable force. He's he 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 the unstoppable force. From the you, have, of, you have barriers but, that would not allow you to do that, but he doesn't have those He's problems. a thief, and that's, but yeah. he's a pirate, but I and think he's a knight, and, and he's, he's a lover. king. If well, you all the time Malcolm Han Solo, that book will suck. He has to be Luke Skywalker. Well, the thing, I do want it to feel kind of sword and sorcery, and is that conveyed at all at the outline? Yes. Oh, definitely. Yes. Um, like but, not, but, not high but fantasy, it, but but sword and sorcery. But also, it it undercuts a lot of the the superstition mm. about it, which is really good. But yeah, do, um, you have to you have you have to you have to walk walk a tightrope with Malcolm. One, the story hinges on him. Now, like I said, um, I've made a lot of changes part, for like I've told you a lot yeah. about his home life. Do you think that's enough? Like, is that a yes. good step in the right direction? Yes. Uh, all all you need is an explanation of one, how he can survive, and um, mm-hmm. two, the the training may, will make him badass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're like one. The idea that even if he just dedicated three years of his life to it, yeah, that gives him credence to do mm-hmm. terrible things. Like, mm-hmm. that totally does. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, and I'm not even worried about it in that case. Because as long as he's just, a, at the end of the day, an unbelievable soldier, but as long as he's just a soldier, everything's fine. And the idea comes up with something special doesn't make him superhuman. He just knows what trains are. Yeah, like yeah. he already knew what trains are. He's not and, the and chosen he, one. Then. And he's not. The he one just that, knows what trains are. He he's not the one who builds it, but he yeah. understands how they work. work. So yeah. somebody else builds it. Yeah. Um. Okay. You give me a lot to think about. I'm gonna go into more uh, the next. Uh, I'll turn in a more uh, fleshed out outline next yeah. week, and I'll go more into their culture. And you guys can give me. Uh, I, I really like some notes but, on that. Okay. But but, but I, I I just swear to you. Malcolm will make or break this story more than yeah. more than any other single thing. Okay, because um, I would rather watch a Jar Jar movie than a Luke Skywalker movie. And and I, I guess I should I should you, explain. I fucking hate you, but fine. <laughs> I, I guess I should explain the uh, the title. It's called Malcolm Hatton, the Beast of Ilbanok. the 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 name for that title is based on the world building. Mm-hmm. The village that he goes that he ends up in with the Wilviks is called Ilbanok. That's yeah. their that's their village. And when he goes to Sheshuba, uh, the the mm-hmm. the human settlement. They have a culture that's very based around um, uh, avatars. Mm-hmm. So it, it, uh, relig- religious figures in their society are typically people who embody a certain aspect of something that they that they find honorable. The four humors. And uh, for instance, their king is uh, is is widely regarded as fire. He's the aspect of fire because mm-hmm. he has a horrible backstory that he shares with Malcolm that he burnt down a village. <laughs> Um, of, of their enemies and it allowed them to win. He thinks it's cowardly, but everybody else was really, really into it. Really into it. So he's got like a way to connect to Malcolm about you know feeling like he's not worthy of whatever you're given. But um, when Malcolm fights to prove himself, the way he fights is so much like so much not like a human. One of their priests come in and say that oh, it makes sense why you're able to do this. You're the aspect of the beast. And they give him the wooden mask of the beast to wear in combat. Ah, and cool. so, so that's why it's Malcolm Hat and the Beast of Illinois. He's I would the, like he, to have a, a he's sub, the beast. Now, a how, sub episode with you about world building. He is the Beast yeah. of Illinois. Yeah. Granted, I I came in late, so I didn't have a chance to read all all of of, mm-hmm. of this. But uh, is it explained in here how Malcolm knows how to fight? Yeah, Kilvin trains him for like years. so. So he like, so okay. So he doesn't have prior knowledge of fighting. No. no. Okay. Yeah, and he spends probably about two. I would I would like about to be about two, maybe a little more years in there. Because I thought the way you were ex- ex- describing it a few minutes ago, I I was under the impression that when he was fighting 
later they're like, oh, you know how to fight like like he got a like a, a yellow belt no, and, no, no, and no, like no. kid karate or something, and they're like, that's something we haven't seen before. And I'm like, oh, it's because he's from the real world. No, it's know? like I, imagine yeah. if imagine if Mr. Miyagi had two uninterrupted years with with uh, Danny instead right. of instead of a couple months washing cars. Okay, okay, <laughs> that, that makes sense. I was yeah. just like, I didn't know if that if like the the trick was that he knew how to do like five moves that would just get a heavy person to flip over and they're like, oh, you're pretty good for a kid. Let's train you. Or if it was something else. No, like, no, no. It's it, it's it's basically um, every one of the Wilvix families has a master of that family's style and they train their 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 cousins, their their nep- nieces, nephews, children, all that. But Kilvin is, is the last of his line that has one of his family. And the only people he's training is his two kids. And Malcolm is in his house. And at night, he he allows him to train with his children. And then once his children are taken, um, Kilvin's like, we're training you, like, uh, we're, we're turning it up to 11 on you because I need your help now. for several reasons right now. And uh, Kilvin is generally feared in the village by the other by the other Wilviks who have, like, different coats and stuff. They can, they can judge each other based on their style. But he never competes in their, like, inner tournaments of style versus style and stuff like that. But uh, people kind of assume that he's either the best and would beat them all or that he's full of shit and he wants to shoot use Malcolm to show them that they're full of shit mm-hmm. okay. that that's someone who's not even like going from zero, a child yeah. zero <laughs> zero to fuck you yeah. in in a year okay so now we're going to talk about <clears throat> things that uh, that we have read or seen movie wise uh, that we thought were interesting and generally I don't know about you guys but I feel like everything I ever write is not so much stolen from something else else, but heavily influenced by everything oh, yeah. else I've seen. Well yeah. I mean I always figure you can't help but be influenced by everything you see. Especially if you're like, oh I like movies. I want to make a movie. How are you not gonna have other movies that yeah. you like influence yeah. you? I you wanna know? make it like kinda like this movie, but a little bit different. Yeah. Right. So so uh let's let's talk about And uh, those movies are some of my fa- like Brick is one of my favorite movies. And it's just the Maltese Falcon told in high school. Yeah. But I still fucking love it. It's a good movie. Kids growing up in New Jersey. Mr. Kevin Smith, I remember reading the yeah. Dogma screenplays, Clerk screenplay. That's how I wanted to make movies, and then I didn't. Well, I, think, <laughs> I think we'll start with Doug. Have you, have you mm. seen anything recently? Yeah. I or, or read anything recently? Um, I'm currently <laughs> reading The Forever War. Uh, which is still good so far. I'm, I'm like maybe a third of the way through, but so there's really not much to say about it other than I'm enjoying it. Um, I did see Sky, uh, Skyfall. I keep calling it Skyfall, but it's Spectre. Spectre. <laughs> I saw, Spectre. It's uh, the, new, the newest Bond, Spectre. Um, I haven't seen that yet. Um, I liked it better than Skyfall. Okay. Um, there was problem. Like, I liked Skyfall for certain reasons, and I disliked it for certain reasons. Spectre is like flipped for me, um. where it's like the things I didn't like about Skyfall are better, and the things that I liked about Skyfall are slightly lessened. So it's this weird balancing act where it's like, it's entertaining, I liked it, there are problems with it, but at the end of the day, I go, fuck it, it's a Bond movie. Yeah. Not having seen Spectre, could you relate a little of what you did not like about Skyfall? Yeah, um, um, or you mean you, you mean Skyfall or Spectre? Sky Spectre. Like? Okay, well, no, Skyfall. I'm not. The th- so what did I not like Skyfall. about what did I not like about who, Skyfall? Who here has seen Skyfall? Okay, so all of us. Right. So yeah. we can have it. We can have a real discussion. Okay, like I'm not going to see Spectre like for like the hand on a podcast. It right. feels really nice. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Skyfall. I liked it. Um, the villain. I didn't. There was something wrong with the villain where it's like there was a great big build up to him and uh, Spectre basically is like, ah, he was nobody. 
You know, it's like, oh, he was just second banana. Like, he really wasn't anything. And and I it, it I felt like they were building him up to be this great villain in Skyfall. And then as soon as they finally capture him, he's just the Joker from Dark Knight. Where it's I just, do and, and, and it's reactionary. Not, and it's just not, it's not just the fact that, oh, they caught him. It was his plan to be caught. Oh, no, he's escaped. Yeah. And now he's running amok, blowing up the city that we're living in. Even that aside, it was just like, there's no, I don't believe he could have planned any of that stuff that he planned. And... The reason why I don't let the movie get away with it is because you tell me from the beginning, straight-faced, this Bond is in the real world, yeah. it's, it's more realistic than the other Bonds, mm-hmm. we've kind of already had this conversation with Josh, it's just like, it's like, okay, this is the real world and we're dealing with data and computers and you know and things that Bond out of his mm-hmm. element on. He's mostly got a gun. Yeah, but then then you want you want the eccentric villain who always plans ahead, I just didn't believe it because it, was, it, it went against the tone of what was set up before. Spectre follows a similar problem with the villain, but it's not as bad. Um, the villain's doing things where I, it's not that I don't believe that he could do it. It's more of like, why is he doing it? Like, he falls into the cliche of old Bond villains. Like, just kill him already. Yeah. Stop talking and kill him. You're so full of your own shit. Like, I, but it's fine because that's a Bond movie. Like, you kind of expect that going in. Mm-hmm. But once again, the movie begins and it's like, oh, we're a real dirty, gritty Bond. Then at the very end, it... It's not like it goes into unrealistic <laughs> territory or it's completely... It's there's not, it's there's not like, no volcano layer. Right, and it's not like the end of Live and Let Die where they shoot the guy with a dart and he inflates like a balloon and makes a fart noise as he blows up against the ceiling of the <laughs> cave the and explodes. It is the worst. <laughs> it's so bad. So it's not, it's not like that, like but, it, it's, but, it's, but it's not unbelievable. It's just, why is he... Like, for a guy who's supposed to be the puppet master, ba- it's basically the, the Illuminati. It's basically like Spectre's like the Illuminati. And the guy, the guy who's the head, undisputed master of it, is just like, I'm going to talk to you before I talk to you. And, I'm going you know, to monologue. Yeah. Now, now, yeah. now, we're talking about the things you didn't like. Well, yeah. Essentially, we mean the things that could be made better. Right. Um, did you enjoy the movie? Yes, that's the thing. I, okay. I am nitpicking. Uh, it's, overall, I enjoyed the film. It was exciting. Um, it had more humor. It had a little bit more humor in it than most other Craig films uh, of, mm. of the Bond franchise, which I liked. I want more of that, like, yeah. Bond smirk as he just Like, I loved uh, the shot from the Skyfall trailer where the train falls apart and he makes the leap and he lands on the train and then he just pops his cufflinks out and then he just and he starts going. I'm like, ah, that's Bond. That was pretty much it in Skyfall. Uh, okay. There's more moments like that in Spectre where he has those Bond moments or Bond-isms <laughs> that... Uh, what would you have done to make... Skyfall better because I can think of one thing to make Skyfall better. Yes. Um, why are we keep talking about Skyfall? Man? Yeah, Spectre is the one I just saw. Yeah. Uh, but I, uh, to I make, just have a point about Skyfall. To, to make Skyfall to better, um, I would say maybe another two rewrites, focusing on the villain and maybe a little bit less of Bond's backstory. I don't care about Bond's youth. I don't. It's like it doesn't matter yeah. to me. Um, if I, I if I want if I want the 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 orphan who grew up to be a badass, I just watch Batman. You know, but or Spider Man, or Spider Man, but or, for Bond, or Superman. Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> care about Bond's backstory. I don't cry for his family. I don't cry for his childhood. I want, I just want to see him be a badass. What I would have done to make Skyfall better, you know, that old Scottish guy, mm-hmm. it would have been Sean Connery. I, I'm almost. <laughs> hang, I not, no, no, hang, hang on, hang on, house down. <laughs> I'm, I am almost a hundred percent positive that that was the original plan. That's it, yeah. I, but I, I, I think they probably just couldn't get him. He like, retired. He, he from he's retired because yeah. of um, yeah. leave of extraordinary gentlemen. gentlemen. Yeah. Because he turned down the Matrix. Yes. Because he thought it was dumb, and then it made a quadrillion dollars. Then what did he turn down? Oh, I forget something else insane. He thought he. There was another movie he thought was stupid, 
and he turned it down, and that made a quadrillion dollars. So when he got Leave Restored to Gentleman, he's like, this is retarded. I'm doing it. Right. And it made no money, and he said, I don't understand acting. Which, I'm gone. Which is a shame. Because the comic book is so fucking good. <laughs> oh my god, well, the invisible. Like, can't even. We can't even yeah. start on. Yeah. Well, I, I think I think one of the things about Skyfall that bugged me mm-hmm. is it felt like it was trying too hard to chick, to tick the boxes of what a James Bond movie yes. is, and and that that made it feel forced. And also another thing that felt forced was they they wanted to. Uh, you guys are probably familiar with this idea that um, that when you're dealing with a minority in um, in a film, that there's there's Generally, a I forgot who said it, but there's there's a responsibility to portray them as bad characters as well as good characters. Yes. They, I, I can't remember the quote or who said it. Um, I'll probably try to look it up for the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, but the 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 bad guy in Skyfall was explicitly homosexual. Yes. And and very overtly, but only in one scene. <laughs> there's right. there's one scene where he's hitting on James Bond, and I think the problem with that scene, if you're trying to uh, if you're trying to picture somebody. As, as homosexual to fulfill uh, some kind of progressive yeah. demographic, you can't pander. I don't like, know if it was progressive so much as it was just trying to be eccentric. Yeah, and, and he's mm-hmm. but he's hitting on James Bond in a way that feels very strange and very forced. Yes. James Bond is tied to a chair. But in the... And, and, and he yeah. accepts... Like first of all, he's hitting on a man tied to a chair. Yeah, and he accepts his refusal. <laughs> like, like that's that's, yeah. that's another weird thing. And he's like, well, because he's surprised, and that's the thing. He turns it back around on him. Because yeah. Bond is just like, what makes you think it's my first time? And I like that and, moment, and that is because I like that moment for Bond. That's exactly because I because yeah, that's Bond. what I'm saying. Exactly, like, exactly. Because because I was like I was like Bond's. I'm I'm watching the film and like oh Bond. He's usually the masculine guy and whatever. I, he's not been. I've never seen Bond in this situation. How's he gonna bond himself out of it? Yeah. And that's exactly what James Bond. Oh, would yeah. say. But, but, but I feel and I feel like my, my problem is it feels like pandering only because there's no other reason to think that this person yes. is homosexual yeah. except for this one scene. And it's like if that's if again that feels like they're just ticking a box. Well, you know the, like like the rest of like the things. In this weird film. thing. You're right, to be yeah. it, you're exactly. right that it doesn't come up again, um, mm. but I do think there's an implied, albeit poorly implied, thing that he kind of likes Bond because Bond's like the opposite of him. Mm-hmm. Like where well, just, and, and plus well, he, he looks well, at M as the mom. I, do, do you know? wrong. I can see like, why he would be attracted to James Bond. Yeah. It just seems like it manifested in a way that I didn't find oh, believable. In a hyper- but that, may, that may be subjective to me. In a weird scene that didn't need it. Yeah. Other than for that punchline, mm-hmm. which was terrific, but you could have done more around yeah. the whole thing. Mm-hmm. In the Bond world, Bond is so masculine that to create the opposite, they're like, oh, well, of course you would be he's gay. He's got to be offended. Which is so dumb. And he's going to part his hair, not like Superman. He uses his well, right hand to part his hair. He's going to weak, so he parts well, his hair from well, the I mean, left well, to the right. Let's be fair. It's such not, a, the bad guy was not a, a, a feat. You know, he, was no. not, he was not effeminate in any way. Well, it was, it was a shame that he was a crappy bad guy because he is based on a real person who did these things. Yes. And lived to do them, and then went back to work for the people, and then went back and did it again. Like he worked for the CIA, then he betrayed the CIA, then he went back to work for the CIA again, then he sold drugs again. Who's this, Pablo Escobar? No, it's a, another <laughs> CIA agent. And it would have been a great character to make instead of just making the Joker. About, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Hey, oh, but he's the Joker in Batman, or it, it now, just ba- or like, now it, Batman. Again, it just James Bond like, is now born. Like it feels like it's taking a bunch of boxes. And I think I think as an audience, we've we've grown to fee- to to notice when we when we're being pandered to. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. to, to be like, oh well, we're satisfying your progressive proclivities here. Yes. And and right. I, I I don't know. It, it feels a little insulting sometimes. So Definitely. I would say I would say that person didn't need a sexuality. 
at all. Like you could just assume yeah. he's whatever. Like, mm-hmm. but um, but I mean, if he is gay, I'm not saying make it a plot point, but don't just make it one hand movement, <laughs> right. yeah. which is what one, effectively and one it was. and one ham ham fisted hand movement. Exactly, exactly. Um, but although, but I mean, like if we're gonna talk about anything, I like the idea where like. But all the, uh, the weird subtext is I really enjoyed the James Bond thing about it because he's yeah. like, I'll fuck anything. I don't even give a shit. That's yeah. the thing. Like, yeah, I that, like that. To I me like felt that. True to no, that character. I, agreed. Agreed. I, I like. Agreed. I like the the Bowie vibe it had. Oh too. yeah. No. Where he's like, oh, I am king shit of fuck mountain. Yeah. But what if like <laughs> <laughs> that he didn't know Bond that he is not gay, that's, but he that's was the using autobiography. He thought <laughs> being gay would put James Bond off his. Yeah, his game because the whole and movie is uncomfortable. Yeah. Know, but, but, well, I feel like I feel like we're we're making excuses for it at yeah. that point. Like yeah. I feel like, I feel like we're trying to we're trying to reach. Yeah. Um. But what, what about you, Max? Reach around. <laughs> what about you, Max? You seen anything or read anything recently? Um. I am still reading Turtle Dove. The I don't even know what's this Harry, Harry Turtle. Harry right? Turtle Dove. There's, there's well, there's a Turtle Dove in it. I don't think there is. What? There's not. There's that literally is a the bullshit it's story. You, what reader. is a Turtle Dove? A it's, it's, it's a, a dove. It's a it's a it's a breed of dove. I found out today there is a turtle called the Florida chicken turtle. That sounds pretty cool. Does I, it have a chicken head? No, I'm not impressed. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, well. Yeah. So, so you're reading so Harry turtle, Harry turtle. Tell, tell, tell us about Harry Turtle. It is a World War, loosely based on World War One, World War Two. Harry Turtle Dove is the author. He is the author. Okay. He is a considered the master of alternate history, and it is. A world war in a continent controlled by magic in the same way that ours is controlled by science. So there are theoretical sorcerers. So it's 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 transportation is done by magic. It's alternate history. Do you know the do you know the, the splitting point from when it diverges from our universe? It is <clears throat> this one is just a straight fantasy, but he is mainly an alternate history. I don't really see a splitting point. Okay, so this this is, this the, is an the premise is like world, if yeah. the world was similar enough to have the same problems, but exactly. just magic, but just magic, but just magic, but just magic. All of the country's air forces is dragon, dragon the navy. The, everything is controlled by ley lines, so all transportation is controlled by ley lines. And mages, every ship has a mage. He knows where the ley line is. The ship travels on that ley line. Power points, which we you know we have instead of what like astrolabes. Yes. Well, they don't use sails. It would be ridiculous because as long as you have a magician on your boat, he can move your boat along this line okay. by drawing right. power. Like Stonehenge is a power point in the yeah. New Age to where your power point, that is where your power comes from. Cities are built on power points and magic works there. Magic does not work away from a power point, does not work on the other line. And oh, these countries okay. go to war for power points. Just for regular go-to-war reasons, but they use the PowerPoints in war, and they use, like, instead of uh, firearms, they have weapons that work off magic, and they need to be reloaded at a PowerPoint, or they need to be reloaded with blood sacrifice. Now, now how many of these, uh, of, of Turtle Dove's books have you read? Um, I think I've <clears> read <throat> everything he's written, except for one he wrote about a volcano. I so, am... what, what's, um, do, yes. does this specific series have a name? Do not know it. it but, is, yes, uh, uh, presumably it does. Presumably it does. Yeah, the first one, it is Into the Fire, I believe, is the first one. Okay. A lot of dragon references in the title. And, I'll, uh, I'll try to find it and include yes, it in the show notes. Yes, please do. I'll, I'll get it with you. It's in my Kindle. Um, 
But it's very interesting. If you're interested in alternate history, he has many split points, Civil War, time travel books. Would you recommend this? Oh, definitely. Okay. I would recommend anyone to read any of his books. I've been listening to a lot of Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. Oh, have you? I used to listen to those very much, so. Uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, I, I don't know. It, 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 makes, it makes subjects like that more interesting to think about. I like Dan Carlin, but I also sometimes get enraged by the amateur historian who just throws out history. What do you mean? Like some of it is messy. Some yeah, of it, yeah, he's yeah. like, "Well, they they would have thought this way." I'm like, "No, no, they they wouldn't. They would have their own opinions. You can't just put a modern viewpoint back on Caesar and be like, "Well, Caesar probably would have done this because I would do this." Uh, not really. It's interesting. He does. He does give a lot of care, though, to give you as much context. Oh as no, possible. Yeah. And Carl, if you were interested <clears throat> in history at all, I would. I just listened to his um, Rome series. Oh, the, it's like the a six part fall series. of the yeah. of the Republic. Yeah, fall of the Roman Republic, and it's a six part series, and it's very excellent. Yeah, if anybody's listening to this podcast and is all interested in history being retold, there's not. I, I've never I've never sat through a history class even one oh. hundredth as interesting as as Dan Carlin's Harper history. I got. I have another recommendation, which is extra credits who do um, they do YouTube clips, and mm-hmm. it's kind of like a college study in in game design, like mm-hmm. video game design. Mm-hmm. They have a thing called Extra History, and they lay out one is the Shingoku Jidai, one is the uh, the Great British West Trading Company bubble, mm-hmm. one is uh, Admiral Admiral Yi of uh, Korean fame, and he's like the here, ships. yeah, he's like here's six things you need to know about this person, why he's remembered, and they do it like they do a terrific job. And what's this called again? Um, extra History on extra the extra credits. All right, I'll make sure. As, as a Bachelor of History. Yes, I do feel um, that a uh, bachelor. Yes, I mean you. You thought about getting married to history, but you decided against it. I decided it. not to. <laughs> I have a not very fancy piece of paper that cost me a lot of money. It looks like it was printed. Mine was free. <laughs> so uh, I think I think we're on to it's a Harry Turtle Dove. Yes, Harry Turtle Dove alternate history. It starts with what was the first book? Fantasy. Again? The first one I believe is Into the Fire. Into the Fire. Right, Liam, what are you on? Uh, I started watching Jessica Jones. And I, I really like it, but I'm not finished with it, so I don't really want to get too into it until I'm done with it. How many episodes um, are you in? I'm four in. I'm two in. Anybody else? I, I haven't started yet. I enjoy it. It's nice. I'm still watching Aziz and Zari's ne- yes. Netflix show. Um, but the thing that I just watched to completion was just a movie that I got really super into um, is Mr. Holmes with Ian McKellen. And yeah, I saw that one, yeah. What is really that? really good. It was, re- it was one of my favorite home stories I've ever Sherlock Holmes. Experience, yeah. Okay. Um, it's Sherlock Holmes is now in the country. Post-World War II. Post-World War II, because that's what the timeline the Ameri- is. The, the American country? The country no, of America? No, he's in, no. He's in uh, the countryside of England. Oh, countryside of England. The okay. Cotswolds, yeah. if you will. And and so he just he just raises bees and has a housekeeper, and he's just falling slowly into dementia. And then it's revealed two or three stories. One is about him going to Japan. One is about his final case before he, he sends himself into exile. And then, like, the third plot is about him and this young boy kind of bonding and him coming to terms with the fact that, like, he never really had a family and doesn't have anything to really live on in the name other than this mm. fictional character. Because he's witnessing his own decline. <clears throat> yeah. He used to be the smartest man in the world. Now he can't remember people's names, and it's driving him insane. He cannot cope with it. Um, but I really like it because it's, one, it's Holmes without um, Watson. Mm-hmm. 
and he's worse for it, and he comments. On and that's the point. That that's the yeah, yeah, yeah. He comments mm -hmm. on the fact that he's worse for it, and that the world has passed him by, and that he the the only person he really cared about is gone now. Um, about his failings as a human being, about his interpersonal relationships, like it's it's a, a superhumanized version. But my favorite thing is the amount of effort they take in to separate this character from the one written about by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, the pipe and the cap. And he's like, I never wore I never wore that hat, and I prefer a cigar. It's, What's a, it's a deer one. hunter cap? Is yeah. That the deer stalker? Deer stalker, stalker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. What, what, um, how did you see it? was on Netflix, you said? No, I, just, I have the DVD. I bought the DVD. Oh, cool. Okay. So, so it's I was like, Ian McKellen, all right, let's do this shit. <laughs> um, no, I, but I really enjoyed it, and it just got me hooked into um, to Holmes again, and then I, re I started re-watching the BBC series with Jeremy Brett, and now I remember that that's my favorite version of Holmes, mm -hmm. um, just because Jeremy Brett was a great actor, and and um, and it, but it, the whole thing is, watching Mr. Holmes the whole time, I was like, oh, I want Watson. Yeah, I want Watson there so bad. He's such a great character, and I just thought about the the importance <laughs> of him the character, and then I uh, started revisiting the uh, an idea um, that I had a while ago, um, where all right, so Watson is an Afghanistan yeah, war yeah. veteran. Uh, the the eighteen twenty mm -hmm. Afghanistan war with Britain, um, who's from the middle class, who becomes gentry becomes uh, because he becomes a doctor, serves in a world war or not a world war, mm -hmm. but in a major conflict, mm -hmm. comes back to England, <coughs> and then becomes first a forensic scientist. That's how he meets Holmes. Right, right. Um, and I I always like the idea where like Holmes is his alter ego, and he invents forensics. As 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 doc, there's only Doctor Watson. Doctor Watson is the only like character. a Tyler Durden yeah. scenario. Um, and but not even a Tyler Durden. You're 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 now Gentry. You're a gentleman. You can't go around skulking at night with policemen, and you can't do that as a British gentleman and then expect to be in civil society. Mm -hmm. And Holmes is always a part, like a very very distant from that. So it's, so just, it's like so psych. It's, so it's 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 Watson's alter ego is Sherlock Holmes, and he just he puts the cap on in the pipe. To distract people from the fact that he's this like this, is this, this represented in a work of literature? Um, no. Okay. This is your. Own. This is my idea, and I always, <laughs> but I always like the idea where like that would be that would be his Superman change. I have a book. Would be the. I have a book for you. Is it that story? It's not that story. Because I would be no. really pissed off if someone's done <laughs> no, it. No, no, no. It's a story about um, Arthur Conan Doyle mm -hmm. had a, a professor. Yeah. Who was. Like Holmes, mm -hmm. when he was learning to be a doctor, and he was his apprentice, and they believe that's you know. So this is a fictionalization, novelization of what people thought their interaction was, mm -hmm. and I think you would quite enjoy it. I probably would. And also, I have another book about um, the beginning of the English police force, when you were not even allowed to, if you didn't see someone commit a crime, you were yeah, not yeah. allowed to ask. Legally, you are not allowed to ask who did it. That was against the law. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that must have been set up what? by yeah. members of the <laughs> did not see it. Like, the English people hated the idea of having a police force so much that you were not, they did not want anything. If you couldn't ask someone's name, you could not, if someone, you came up to someone, like, if they weren't stabbing someone, you could not legally ask their name. That and is stupid. And it stupidest took thing Jack the Ripper to, to really to change to where people were like, oh, maybe we need this. But I mean, that, well, that was the idea of the, yeah. the movie I wanted to pitch was there's there's a young doctor who is literally inventing forensics mm -hmm. as Jack the Ripper happens, and mm -hmm. then to be able to get the clemency and the the, the space yeah. he needed to do that to do the kind of work they needed to do, he had to invent Sherlock Holmes, 
this media sensation to solve the crime, and then he can't do it. Yeah. No. I, and I, he just he never solves. I'd read that. I, I do want to talk about Jessica Jones a bit more. Okay. But but neither of us is finished with it. Yeah. Um, I, then I, that's why I want to. I want right. to. I, I don't even know what it is. It's it's a Netflix um, uh, Netflix I, Marvel I, I, I series. I will say this. Um, based in who, Hell's Kitchen. Who's who's ever in charge of the Netflix Marvel universe needs a raise. Um, <laughs> no, and they're, they they're, they're getting their money. Don't worry. And they need to be in charge of more things because the, <clears throat> the the minute detail is really good. The, the way they're spacing the stories out is really good. The way they focus on villains is really good. And the movies could really use some of that. Yeah. Well, the, the idea of the Netflix series is that... Is that is it's long enough to do that. Well, yeah. well they're, they're long enough, but they're also all street level. So so it's going to be Daredevil, Jessica Jones, then Luke, Luke Cage, Cage, and then, then Iron, Iron Fist. Fist. And then but now the Defenders. The rumor, the rumor is that Iron Fist is not going to get a series on Netflix. It's It'll just, be a Netflix movie. Okay, that, that would actually be more appropriate because I'm more concerned about Iron Fist than anyone else because he's my favorite of the Hell's Kitchen. But they said that they picked up Punisher as well. How do you guys... Be in Daredevil season two. How okay. did you guys? Did you like Punisher Warzone the movie? No, it was all right. I eh. I liked it because I really enjoyed the Punisher Warzone series. But I don't know he was the best Punisher I think we've gotten so far. But I it's think he does not, not still yeah. the epitome of Frank. Frank Castle doesn't care about everyone he cared about is dead. He mm-hmm. hates all of humanity. He's not going to take in people. I don't I, I don't know why they just can't get that. Because well, because when you're writing the movie, you're like Frank Castle's not talking to anybody. He's really fucking <laughs> yeah. quiet. But like, how do we get him to or, speak his or feelings? He's just <laughs> screaming at Daredevil for five panels, and yeah. Daredevil's like, "Fine, you're on your own." He's like, "You're fucking right, I am." <laughs> I've always been over there. Punisher. But like, the greatest Punisher series is the one where he shoots a machine gun that fires swords. No, 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 no. Where <laughs> the one where he doesn't need a jetpack. All he needs is hate. <laughs> uh, a company, some company, sets off the apocalypse. The one where he's he's on the cover of the magazine holding a gun to the earth, and he goes, you yeah. better buy this comic or the earth gets it. <laughs> no, he goes, he voluntarily goes to jail because he realizes it's a place full of people he wants to kill. <laughs> he's like, oh, I'll just go there and kill all those guys. So he does. And then some company sets off the apocalypse, blows up everything, and they, they keep their people in the bunker. Mm-hmm. And they're going to come back and repopulate the earth and everything. And Frank Castle walks across like 50 miles of a radiated plane and he gets there and his like skin is falling off and he kills everyone in the bunker except for one last person he goes please don't kill me you'll kill humanity and frank castle goes good and shoots him in the face that is the punisher yeah, he, hate, he hates people i don't, mean like just in general lot. just give me that don't give <clears> me <throat> oh you're okay with no the punisher hates everyone well um I guess we'll, we'll, that's we'll, all I care about with superheroes. I couldn't give a shit about anything except. Well, he, he's gonna, he's going to be in Daredevil season two, so you should watch we'll the first see. season of Daredevil. It's really shit it's about serious, so uh, superheroes. Yeah, is Ben Affleck good in it though? He's not in it. Uh, ben Affleck so, is really good in it. But he's Daredevil. <laughs> he's so good, he's unrecognizable. Yes, yes. you will not recognize. He looks like him. a completely different actor. <laughs> I think he's who was in good Stardust. He was in Stardust. Yeah. All right. So um, as for me. Uh, as I'm last on the in, to go, uh, I just finished the book Neuromancer by William Gibson. Um, it's 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 on my list. It's it's good. It's it's hard to follow because he introduces new technologies in like a heartbeat, and it feels like a pop quiz at the end because you have to remember all the stuff he introduced for whenever an action scene happens and they all come into play, and it happens very fast. Like I'm 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 pretty good at reading comprehension, but I'm telling you this is this is overload. But the best thing about the story is it has very memorable characters that are completely original that I've never heard before. 
Um, I do recommend it. I don't even want to get started on, on what the plot is because it is bananas. But if you like Giant Mnemonic or if you know anything about cyberpunk, um, it is right up your alley. Uh, but if you like that kind of story, I think Snow Crash is a better book. That's definitely on my list <coughs> to read. I should read it. I've owned it for a number of years. And... All right, what we're going to do now is call Bad Story Trailers. Each week, we're going to throw a raw idea or two into the mix, uh, basically our shark tank here, and try to beat it into the shape of a movie and cut together an audio trailer. Um, does anybody have any ideas they want to explore? I would love to do the Mr. Watson story. Um, does anyone have any other ideas? Mm. Let's let's think of uh, themes. Is there any kind of movie you guys have always wanted to make? Noir. I've always wanted to make yeah. noir. Oh, let's start with noir. You want noir. Uh, Goblin about? noir? Fantasy noir? What about... I've actually read some excellent fantasy noirs. Now, every time I've seen fantasy noir, it's been in a modern setting that just has fantasy overtones. Like Dresden Files or exactly. something? Exactly. I do. But exactly. this, like a high fantasy noir, I've seen as well. Armistice. That's, that's is, whole... is, is there a fantasy oh. noir that deals in like like medieval themes? There will be. Yeah. Coming soon. You guys want to do it? Uh, we, we have, we, we're, we're making an RPG, and that's yeah. the whole idea of the whole thing. <laughs> That's well, a, a whole idea. Let's do it then. Let's. And let's what about, the whole thing is it's it's, but it is still kind of modern because it's it's there was a major war and it is it is World War One. What about a medieval noir that is actually just a medieval noir solving a crime in the medieval society with, with no magic? Yeah, no magic because future noir has been done mm-hmm. to death. Oh yeah, noir has been done <laughs> to death. Well, I mean, future, I future noir not enough for me. I know. <laughs> future noir is always in the, <coughs> is always in the realm of cyberpunk. Yeah. It's never in the realm of space travel or post-apocalyptic. Unless it's Cowboy Bebop. That's, mm-hmm. that's, it's kind of cyperpunk. It's uh, just, it's, it's like the, fri- the fringe of cyberpunk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. usually involves a detective, but it doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. So it's what, just the person who asks the yeah, questions. Yeah, in the investigator, the person through right. the eyes. It's usually based, on, like, a lot of the story is based on one, like, the, the amount of information a single character can't know and is figuring out. Yeah. So what's, what's other, what are other good noir stories that are not... Um, based on a detective. So there's the Cowboy Bebop movie, which Villain. is really good. We can go villains, right? And then there's uh, Double Indemnity, right? Which is which is um, somebody who's trying to cheat the system but also doesn't have all the information. I wrote a I would, I would almost Arlington say Road, right? Yeah, usual, Arlington usual Road. A lot, a lot of those, those, those suburban uh, thrillers are like, it's the person who's like, I would against... say I would say that Cape Fear should qualify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the, the, over, the tone of it is very... Yeah. Uh, but I would, I would even say Usual spe- Suspects is a noir movie oh, yeah. told through the eyes of the villain. Mm-hmm. I wrote a fairy tale. But the villain tale. doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. I wrote a noir based on fairy tales. So not fantasy, but actual like, you know, Humpty Dumpty, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Well, let's go. Okay, so so we've got noir. Mm-hmm. That's okay. our that's our setting. Like that's our genre. Let's go for it. Yeah, we we, we that's fan- the tone of the movie. Fantasy tone. does seem enticing, but we don't want to go Dresden Files or Fables. You yeah. know, the the Wolf Among Us kind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's a what's a good um, what's a good fantasy setting? Like what's what's a good story that has a fantasy setting we're interested in? Uh, there's Willow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is. Um, uh, Sheriff from Nottingham even just seems really. That's interesting. just that's yeah. that's straight medieval. Oh, I'm saying with with magic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even okay, if it was just medieval are we, are, 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 are we just pitching True Inquisitor instead yeah, of True explained. Detective? Yes, True Inquisitor. I don't oh. think I don't think True Detective counts as noir. Is Witch Burnings? 
Like actual uh, witch hunters? I mean, they're yeah, elements. Yeah. Yeah, 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 well, there's a detective. <laughs> a detective trying to, like, discover witches in Middle Earth? Uh, no, dude, even well, dude, be, better, better than a detective Salem. trying to... No, 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 because a, 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 a dude in the medieval times trying to find a witch is like the... What was that Nick Cage movie? Like, the witch oh, hunter oh, or no, whatever. The last... Don't. No, that, that was... I'm thinking of... Uh, I want to see the last witch hunter Diesel. just because yeah, it looks schlocky and awesome. Yeah. But he knows it. That's yeah, the thing. It's a self But dude, instead of instead of a guy trying to hunt witches, have the guy who's hunting the guy who's hunting witches. Like, the, like there's people that are dying, and it's like, they think these people are witches, but it was my wife. She wasn't a witch. You know, this person, someone's killing these women thinking that they're witches. They're stealing children. And he's like, I'm going to find that guy. We mentioned the Crucible earlier. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you remember the, um, the, the witch hunter in the Crucible? Yes. The one who yeah. didn't want to kill anybody. Yes. Yeah. All right. What if, it's, what if it's a character like that, whose job it is to go in and find witches, and there's <coughs> no evidence that this is happening, but people and, are dying? And he's yeah. really serious about it. And exactly. Then, yeah. And then so he's like, so it's probably not witches. I still I have a duty to fulfill whatever this is. And it should just be cholera. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? The mal- Is it Maleficus Maleficarum? The uh, ma- uh, Malleus, Malif- Malleus Maleficarum. Or Maleficarum. Something? The yeah. witch's hammer. Like it would be a great ending where he's just, yeah, they yeah. find out there's just a oh, dead it's just body. The no, there's just a dead body at the bottom of a well. <laughs> Ever, and it's just yeah. poisoning everything. Ever it's since, awful. ever since seeing the Crucible, I've always wanted to turn that guy into the hero. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. he's so he's so he's so convincing and good and well-meaning. And there's so much shit going on around him. To confuse him, there's exactly. like so many, there's so many interpersonal, genuine, squabbles. genuinely evil people. Yeah, mm-hmm. who aren't magic. All right, so so let's let's do that. Our hero is basically the the, the, the expert, the, the the evil witch expert. Yes, from the Crucible. The the, mm-hmm. the then the main question should be: Are witches are witches and magic real in this universe? And we need to decide yes. Because right? I think I think That's yes is most. more interesting, and and he's the only guy. He's never come up against them, but he's the only guy who can do anything about it. So initially, he's been, yeah, he's been trained. This is his, <clears throat> his his first time out. So the people getting getting killed as witches are not witches, but yes. there are evil witches behind it. Who trained him? Um, I'd imagine seminary, it was, yeah, monks. the church, monks. because that would. They train them to just point out anyone with like their hair no. parted separately. Well, no, I, I'd imagine he became an expert by reading books because remember he carries around that giant yes. tome. But mm-hmm. like, that just, he's like, he's like, this book let makes makes Satan laid bare. Like you know, he he has he has many things. That's that, the witch's hammer. That was the book they carried exactly, around. Exactly, exactly. So so I okay. So this guy is. Um, uh, let's let's pick alternate Earth. We don't yes. want it to be about the Salem witch. Can we trials. say he got kicked out of the seminary? For being too reasonable? No, no, no wait, no. wait, wait. What because time they would have trained him to just kill is this, is this, is this, no, 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 no. A colonial period or a medieval period? Let's pick medieval. That's because uh, I was leaning really? medieval. All right, all right, medieval works. So, so, so let's, pick, let's pick medieval. The guy is going to... Um, oh, shit. Fuck. So, there's, so there's people a, are being executed as witches. There's a movie... They have a, they have a witch a, problem. There's a movie with Sean Connery and what's his fucking face... Who's the guy who's not Jack Nicholson, but who's a young version of Jack Nicholson? Christ, uh, Christian, Christian Slater. Christian Slater. There's a movie with um, uh, uh, Sean Connery and Christian Slater where they're investigating priests in the medieval era for for potentially being uh, for potentially being heretics. Oh, and I it is a fucking detective novel with priests, and it's amazing. Never heard of it. Oh, I you know they're also the, both in uh, uh, Prince of Thieves. I don't. I don't know. What, yeah, but. <laughs> Um, so, so but that that tone, like the whole thing is that tone is exactly what we're going for. Okay, that movie I, I, is I'm, I'm well aware of what it is. My being. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. Well, I will look it up. I will look okay. it up, and then I will send it to you. We'll put it in the show notes. It's fucking 
dark. We'll put it in the show notes, and if I can see it, I will. So the I think it's on Netflix. So we've got we've got um, uh, a town that's executing witches. Yes, never a witch problem, and somebody goes and reports they have a witch problem. So the church sends this guy. Yes, and he's like, oh, weird. He's I, not I, a pre- he. He shouldn't be. A he's priest. not a priest. No, 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 no. He's just an he's expert. A, he's, a, he's, yeah. a, he's a witch. Hunter. He's there to investigate on behalf of the church, not yes. the village. Mm-hmm. So. So and because the, the church is because 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 he can do things that the church can turn a blind eye to yes, if exactly. it needs you know. To, according to the church, this town is doing everything right. Yes, they are executing witches as they find them. This guy is just sent to make sure that everything's on the up and up. Well, because also if if a town has more than two witches, it's like there's a fucking outbreak. You got to shut that shit down. Exactly. And okay. People that can't do sense. that. He has to do okay, that. Okay. Okay. Cool. So we got that. Excellent. It's it's like when you prepare for exterminatus yes. on a planet. <laughs> Um, so, so okay, this guy goes in. That is. What should his title be? Uh, it shouldn't be Inquisitor, because that's just too too fucking, on the yeah too on too ham fisted. Right. Um, mm. I would say uh, just investigator. Should, should be a should he be a friar? That you know what that could that could work. Friar, like, friars were worldly; they were yeah. allowed to do a lot of stuff. Yeah, they we were could, more outside the yeah. church. Well, you just call it than, the friar. Yeah. You know, and he's he's supposed to go to this town. Okay, so he gets the town, and more importantly, they were they they uh, protected um, pilgrims as they, like they were they were yes. they were trained to fight. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, so we've got a friar. He goes to this town, <coughs> discovers that they are very much not on the up and yeah. up. Innocent people are being killed in ritual sacrifices. Yes, um, to benefit what demons, uh, witches. Wh- what do we got? I almost think that the first layer of it should just be town squabbles, and this is their scapegoat. Like, then, like the crucible. Like the crucible. <laughs> and then there's another layer where like those squabbles are being fueled to for for again, uh maybe like which political aims. They're trying to send this area into upheaval to gain control. He gets there, um, and, and a bunch of witches have been have been executed, and it seems like at first everything's on the up and up. The, yeah. Here's the evidence against them, here's the evidence against them. But he starts asking people. And that doesn't seem to be the case. Yeah. And, th- and then he starts to suspect it's for political aims. He discovers that that's not the case either, that there is yeah, something it's not, even it's, deeper. So it's not even that it's like, oh, normal humans are killing these these women yeah. for a political reason. Because, that, because, where, one, because, where one or two are red herrings. Right. Because, right. because, he, anyway, because like, he finds... that doesn't explain everything. Because he, he finds motive. Yeah. He, he finds political motive for that right. to be the case. But the physical evidence shows that there's something else going on. Right. And... Uh, and they're trying to bring a demon to this town. Okay, yes. so so when this guy gets to town, mm-hmm. everybody's tension level goes up. Yeah, because because there's something going on. Now the instrument of exposition should be somebody who wants his help because they're not involved. Or he could just he could just be writing the church. Like yeah, it's, well, I'd imagine he would also do that. But but people would come and be like, "Are you really from the Dude, church? Just Twin Peaks. Here? It just should feel like Twin Peaks. <laughs> Holy shit! I don't know if I don't know if that's the case. <laughs> He's oh, writing. It's... They have excellent mutton pie here. It's like sending. You would not believe the trees. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking I love Twin Peaks. So, okay, so we got our we got our idea right. Yeah. Our premise enough enough for there to be a movie plot about. Yes. Who are our characters? Uh, What's our friar's name? William. William the Friar, anybody? Friar William's fine. William. Friar William, okay. So we got Friar William. How about, um, who is the head of these investigations? I would imagine it'd be a member. Who's who's doing this? It, it should be the head of the local clergy? Maybe no, somebody I, who's I'm, lost their faith? I'm saying it's someone who's sent him from far away. I mean, the, the person who should send him on this mission should not be local. The person who should send whom on this mission? William, the Friar. 
I'm talking about the person who's the head of the of the the burnings the that have been center. going on. Well, the, yeah. the, the person who's there is we gotta call the church because this yeah. is awful. Okay. Like um, the one who if just uh, I don't think sorry it sorry be... I, I misspoke. I want I want the person who is the head of the evil act. Okay. The the, no. the mastermind. I don't I don't want clerk. That's too. To, to, to me, it's too on the nose. The yeah. church is the enemy. But just going in. by medieval, the local priest would barely even be able to read. Right. So but, well, some, he, mean, he would be the most literate in the town. No, like, really, it was just some podunk yeah. guy who had the Bible. Mm. If he could, if he just could read, read, read he would have been gone. Yeah. So, uh, so, so maybe he contacted the church. Yeah. Yeah, he he would be he would, he, yeah, he, yeah, if he contacted the church, yeah. But uh, the idea of so like, having him as a bad guy If we're going full noir. He should be a mook. Yeah, if, if, yeah. We're, if we're going full noir with this, it's like even he is suspect, you know, when right. when you know when, when the friar gets there. It's just like, so here's a priest. Tell me, what do you know of, it's almost, it's almost again, once again, like the crucible. It's like, can you name your, uh, can you name uh, the Ten Commandments? And he's like, I think so. You know, it's like if, if, if it's like, dude, you're not even that great of a priest. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing here? Adultery, John. Yes, I know. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I mean, that's a great scene. I'm not, I'm not saying we steal that. I'm just saying it's like he can start asking those kinds of questions. It's like, dude, you, you're supposed to be in charge of these people. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. Everyone yeah. in this town is suddenly suspect of, of like a priest who's not really a good priest. You have the, I, I, think, I think maybe this guy's a little sheltered. Our main character, William, Fire William. Yeah. Well, he's never seen anybody be killed before. Oh, yeah. No. Like, like, so, so, so the idea that they're hanging people, it really upsets him. Mm-hmm. And he, you need a reason to do a terrible act. Okay. And especially, if he, especially if he's like, dude, you're not even that great of a priest. Who's determining that they're witches? How did you come to this judgment if you don't even know what the fuck you're talking and about? Who's our, who's our, who's our antagonist? Yeah. Um, so who's the, who's the one behind who's, it all? Yeah. Yes. The village okay. would have a head, a head man. He, but again, Mook. You know, the the antagonist should always be two places removed from from where they're at. But just you setting need, up you a need to go, You need to go two two people, like mini yeah. boss, mini I, boss. I don't. I don't know that that's true. Uh, it, it just seems. <laughs> But a, a medieval village would have a. I mean, especially if it. If I, 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 I would, I if, really, witch, if witches are behind it, gotta be a witch. Yeah. What if? What if it's a? Um. What if it's like the the local midwife? Yeah. Done. Solid. Right. Witch. Okay. Yeah. So 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 the so the local midwife who's the oldest and stuff like that. Like she's delivered all the babies to this town, yes. and she just fucking hates these people. <laughs> she just hates them. She's reared their children. And on top, yeah. well, that's the other thing. On top of uh, the women dying, it could be. Pregnant women are suddenly their their childs aren't coming, you know, like they're miscarrying. They're miscarrying and stuff, and it's just and then she's the she's the one who provides the evidence. Like I don't know what happened. Suddenly the women stopped becoming fertile. I've delivered now, I've you know, delivered two hundred babies. Fine. Mm-hmm. Now now this problem is yeah. happening. So it's like oh she's like a helper. You know she's not the yeah. one behind it all. Then if she's like I the children don't steal their blood. You know <laughs> it's yeah like exactly the fucking, yeah you know, she, she's got all the all the all the tools she needs. What's her goal? Is she wants to summon a demon? Why? She yeah. wants to be its bride? She wants to... Immortality is a nice goal. Immortality? I if know. I was writing it, it would just be petty vengeance, but I think could for it, a movie, could it would it be, be just more... That, could it be that this town, if we're going noir again, this town is full of fucked up people, yes. everyone's got a secret, and she considers herself pious, so she's letting these children die, she's letting these women die because they are fornicating, maybe that's out of wedlock. Maybe a, this, a, like, a, voice, this, a voice has spoken to her and says, we can cleanse yes. this town. Yeah. If this town's a fucking cesspool and she's Let in a rot. unique position where she can bounce from house to house and be with the women and, and, like, and be with the children mm-hmm. and can sort of 
influence it to where people can start dying, but no one suspects her because she's the helper. And if she and she's like, these people aren't worth saving. I'm yeah. bringing yeah. a fire that will cleanse yes. this town. Yes, yes. Like you're here and to then, cleanse so, the fire so, of witchcraft. I'm here to cleanse the fire of the great evil, which is the people. Like, right. So, so they yeah. they've already mm-hmm. executed a couple people for witchcraft because like uh, yeah. uh, cattle are dying, the crops won't grow, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, and people are getting desperate. And and if the one, women who were killed maybe were uh, like having sex out of promiscuous wedlock. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like they were like, well, they were acting weird. They would So it's almost you know, like whatever. it's almost like Hellraiser in a sense where she brings the people to the area yes. that need to be mm-hmm. like like she's the one who coaxes them to the area and they get killed. Um okay, well I think we've got our plot. Yes. What's her name? The villain, the 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 the, the midwife? Yeah. She should have some, something a little more time. What's a midwife? Ask. They called him Goody. Like, yeah, good, good, good wife, good right? In in, in which kind of yeah. So and it, it would be Goody last name. Yeah. Um, so good, good wife, um, Jones. Yeah, that's good enough, right? So we've got we've got Friar William against Good Wife Jones, in, in a noir story about a friar looking, <laughs> investigating a town that has that, <coughs> is, that has been executing witches yes. without the church's consent. All right, I'd see that movie. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd go see that movie. <laughs> All right, what do we call it? Um, Let's see, is there witches, uh, friar um, out of the. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't, don't stop there. Don't say it. Don't you say it. Don't say it. Oh, God. <laughs> <sighs> oh. Sorry. Uh, we could. We okay. So, so everybody's going to hell. It, it could just be the name of the town, even. Friar. Oh, that's a good idea. So, um, Friar Brigade. Um, I, would, I, would I, like, well, uh, the thing is, I like the idea that the, the town, the, t- the town, should actually even be like. Um, one of his friends could be a merchant. And he's like, you know, three generations ago, this was fifty people in a fucking like in fucking farmland. We're now becoming one of the most important towns mm-hmm. in the area. Mm-hmm. I have big plans for this place. What is a doom and gloom name for this town? Uh, and then add Shire. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 Wick. It should end with Wick. Yeah, most of these places were just pick Tallowick. something that looked like it. Tallowick. They make candles. Wick is is a thing you put in a candle. Yeah, but no, <laughs> people will think this is a movie about candles. Yeah. <laughs> candle Wick. Um, what what what? No, is, but like London wasn't London. It was London Wick. Yeah. What, what, is the, what is the what is the what uh, is the prime? Maybe they have goats. What about just what about like just it's made it's a little on the nose, but it's just the title. It's just Dark Wick. Dark Wick. What, what's something dark? Uh, you said tallow. I like that. Something that would say noir, like it's dark. Mm-hmm. It's it's. Uh, well, the thing is, he's Night also Wick? he's also supposed to be the the Gloom. he would be the light. In the air. I like tallow. I like because it sounds old. How about callow? Callowick. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. callow is is what uh, like weak willed, cowardly. Yeah. Um, Callowick. How's, how's that? Yeah. So that's for the town. So is the title. So that, that's the name of the film. Okay. I think yeah. right. If town, Callow- but if callow, you say callow. But if you say, fucking, uh, friar of Callowick isn't saying anything really. But like, if there's a thing of Callowick, troubles in Callowick. Witches of Eastwick. God damn it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, th- I think the Friar of Callowick would be a good. That what do you guys think? Yeah. Okay, Friar of Callowick. That's our movie. Friar William has always been a pious man, a pious man with special abilities. Please forgive me, Friar William. I know it is uncustomary to appear alone, but it is urgent. Calm yourself, sister. What troubles you? My sister, she lives in Callowick. She reports that witchery is abound. 
More than five have been executed in the past three months. Five? Why haven't I been notified? I feared that was the case. I could find no record. Please, my sister. But things in Calowick are stranger than they seem. You're the midwife? Oh yes, delivered nearly everyone you see. There's a sickness in town, Friar, like none I've ever encountered. A sickness? Yes. Calowick is full of the worst. Adulterers, apostates, the unpious, they must all be cleansed. But his investigation to the old church reveals something new. What is this? Who has desecrated this house of God? You are out of your depth, friar! Midwife? Leave this place. It is unholy. This whole town is unholy! I will put it to the flame! The righteous flame from beneath! See for yourself in the Friar of Callowick. Thank you everyone for listening to Bad Storytellers, now presented by Nerdy Show. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes, like and follow us on SoundCloud and Audioboom, or subscribe and stream us from Google Play. I've been your host, Josh LaForge, and I'd like to thank my writing group again, Doug Banks, Liam Malone, and Max Wessel. Now remember, as listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. Any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network, and there's even more perks available. Just head to patreon.com slash nerdyshow to find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and other awesomeness, visit nerdyshow.com. And be sure to follow Nerdy Show and Bad Storytellers on all your favorite social networks. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.